0: To another fun filled Bears Victory Monday edition, I guess. We are live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Lakeena McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow Yoshuli on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Happy 2022,
1: folks. You can follow me at Kenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kinoscore McGee on the IG.
0: Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's the Apple iTunes Store, Amazon, or Google Play. Make sure the app says Sports Zone Chicago. You know why? Because we said so. That's why you can listen to any of our five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms: that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Chicago. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are all available wherever you get your podcasts, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, WARR on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the path of fun, and we have very definite opinions. Lakina, I have uh, some numbers to read to you, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll definitely need your help. Mm-hmm. Phil Sims, 34 for two hundred seventy-seven yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Rodney Hampton, twenty-two carries for seventy-six yards. As long as the run was sixteen yards. Howard Cross, the tight end, two catches, twenty-three yards. Ed McCaffrey, two catches. 21 yards. You can stop me anytime I want, anytime you want. <laughs> Mark Jackson, no, not the basketball player, one catch, 24 yards. No, sorry, Chris Calloway, one catch, 24 yards. Mark Jackson, four catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. On defense, Lawrence Taylor had a sack and a half. And Myron Guyton had an interception return for a touchdown. Lakita those New York football giants, they were great yesterday. Lisa, according to these numbers I read here, hmm.
1: well, I mean, I'm guessing Lawrence Taylor, Phil Sims. I'm sure those guys are from here when the when the Bears faced the Giants. I mean, look, these are two historic franchises. I didn't pay a single attention to. T- I didn't pay a single mind to this game. I mean, no, you know, with uh, unfortunately, you know, you would, with the tragic uh, passing of longtime Bears beat reporter and uh, ESPN radio host Jeff Dickerson no one was really paying attention to this game anyways, you know, even before that happened. So, you know, no, one, you know, they kind of had on a, on a pain on my list. I mean, half the, half the uh, soldier field was full. So it was only like half full. Mm-hmm. I think folks just, you know, a was cold B both teams stink. And, you know, they see folks just want to get out of the house. I did end up going. And it, and I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. I, I kind of kept it in the background, you know, in support of our buddies, you know, who, uh, along with Jay Feely uh, called the game. That was the only reason why I actually watched it. You know, in the background, there were other games <laughs> that were more of interest that I watched on various um, electronic devices. So, without getting you know, too into it, and we probably won't. I mean, look, the Bears showed that. Okay, yeah, the, the Bears are bad, but the, the the Giants are putrid. So that that's it. That's all. They're six and ten. Okay, fine, whatever. You know, Matt Nagy. You know, according to Ian Rapoport, is, is probably gone after next Sunday anyway. So, okay, let's do. Let's keep it going. Keep it moving.
0: Now for the real numbers from, from yesterday's 29-3 win over the New York Football Giants. Andy Dalton was 18-35 for, for 173 yards, a touchdown in the interception with a glorified quarterback rating of 63.1. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I thought she was going to give me the ex-boyfriend silent treatment. <laughs>
2: Yay.
0: <laughs> David Montgomery had two touchdowns off of 22 carries for 64 yards. Andy Dalton, three carries for 14 yards. I guess he was like Michael Vick. I don't know. <laughs> and Khalil Herbert had two carries for nine yards. In the receiving department, Darnell Mooney, seven catches for 69 yards in the first quarter score. Ella Robinson returned off the COVID list, had four catches for 35 yards. Cole Komet, we actually have a tight end, folks, three catches for 25 yards. And Demir Bird, who caught the game-winning two-point conversion last week in Seattle, he had... One catch for 23 yards. David Montgomery, the running back, had two catches for 70 yards. And congratulations to Robert Quinn. He has 20 sacks on the season. Uh, he broke Richard Dent's uh, 1984 record for most sacks by a defensive player in a single season. Uh, you know, Lakina, I, I gave you the side eye last year uh, before mm-hmm. the season. Uh, it, it, Robert Quinn has something left, so be it. But this year, he, he's proved this word. Do you even bring him back for next year?
1: Well, yeah, I know that there's going to be like a, what, $208 million in the salary cap. And I know Bears have a lot of dead money, but here's the thing. I mean, everyone else will have the same thing. So, yes, you can boast that, okay, yeah, the Bears are going to have maybe 50, 60, maybe $70 million to play with, but so will other teams. Other, some other teams may have even more money than that to play with. So I, I would sort of like hold off on it. I mean, Allen Robinson's gone. Hicks is gone. We'll see if Quinn's, you know, Quinn might stay. But here's the thing: if you're Wobble Quinn, you're now 31. You're gonna to want to go someplace where you can probably contend. And let's be honest, the Bears aren't gonna contend next year. Yes, the Bears have players. Okay, yeah, you know, you got, you got, you know, Demir Bird. You got, um, you know, Kal- you know, Khalil Herbert. You got David Montgomery. You have Justin Fields. You know, when he's healthy and and such. You know, but other than that, I mean, is Khalil Mack? Would you, if would you ask for a trade if you're Khalil Mack, or do you like maybe give you know release? You know, Jalen Johnson's still still pretty good, so yeah, they've got they've got some players. You know, Tashaun Gibson had an interception yesterday. You know, Devin Bush as well. You know, Will Bush be back next year? It's it's one of those things where you say to yourself, you, you know, you know what? Okay, you got the players. You just maybe the right coach. You know, if you fix your old line, maybe you might you know you might have something. But at this point in the year and at this point in the season, I think you're just kind of over it.
0: You're listening to C- City Sports on the Monday edition. Happy 2022, our first show for the new year, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. If you have a question or comment for us uh, during this two hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your uh, questions or, or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll, or do something stupid, Lakina will give you the Robert Quinn boot. Bye bye, Lakina. <laughs> let's get back to the Bears. I I think they do have some players in place, but uh, I don't know how many draft picks they have uh, in front of the, uh, coming up for this year later on in, uh, uh, in the twenty two NFL draft. But I know they don't have do not have a first round pick because Ryan Pace traded away to get Justin Fields. So it looks like it may pay off. hoping we get the right co- head coach in here. But I believe they still have a sec- second round pick a fourth-round pick. I don't have the official numbers in front of me, but uh, uh, this defense, let's be honest, it needs rebuilding. I think we've been saying that for the last couple years. Mm -hmm. You still need to draft another offensive lineman perhaps. I still Mm -hmm. think you can get another pass rusher. And this is the year for wide receivers. You need to go get a number one wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure, you'll have the money to get a, a top wide receiver, but like I said, you're going to have other teams that are going to have, you know, a lot of money on the table. So it, it's sort of one of those things where, I guess, you know, where you're thinking about next year, who's the coach going to be? Are you Do you want a more, you know, defensive-minded coach? Do you want, we you know, we tried the offensive-minded guy. It hasn't worked, you know, with Tressman
0: mm-hmm.
1: Now with Matt Nagy, that didn't work. Do you go back with a more defensive coach? But then, you know, you're seeing what happened in, in Denver. They have a good a, a decent defense, but they don't have a very good offense. We saw here with the Bears, so it's sort of one of those things where you know it all depends on who's out there on the market right now, and you know again we'll find out next week I'm sure when we reconvene on Monday, you know after Friday of course you know on Monday mm-hmm. we'll you know Black Monday you know who who gets the boot and you know who, which coordinators will be available and such you know, and, and do you do you trust the Bears brass to make a, even to even make a decision like that with you know finding a new head coach especially if Pace ends up staying with the Bears as a GM, or does he get promoted upstairs? So you just don't know. And Ted Phillips, I mean, is he going to be your know, part of the search? So it's sort of one of those days where you just don't know know—don't know what direction the Bears are going to go at this point, and do you even trust them to make the right move?
0: And that, that's been my concern all year long, as we talked about this, Lakina throughout various points of the season. You get rid of Mad Nagy, you promote Brian Pace, but do you trust Ted Phillips and George McCaskey to step out of the way and hire football people to make football decisions. That's the million dollar question.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things where you you know you you go around and you think, look, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to go too too you know too into it because well well uh, next Monday we'll have more time to get into it because there were better mm-hmm. games on yesterday. But you know it was a really nice really uh, nice gesture by the Bears. You know they gave some money to that the fund with uh, Parker Dickerson, of course. You know you know of course we we mentioned it on Friday. You know, Jeff Tucker a long time, uh, writer and you know ESPN radio host in ESPN 1000 here in Chicago passed away after a battle with um, colon cancer. losing in both his you know his dad and his mom. You know, of course, he lost his mom Caitlin a couple of years ago. The the funds already exceeded over a million dollars. So everyone has you know, stepped up. Most of the, the owners, I know the Bears ownership. I know Mag Maggie kicked in some money, and his his family kicked in some money as well. They have a a, a picture you know in a press box you know his press box and with just, you know, pictures and stuff. that So that was a nice, a nice um, gesture by them. And also too, he, you know, mm-hmm. they held a moment of silence with, with him as well as, of course, you know, John Madden as well. And all the Bears beat writers, you know, reporters and such, you know, said cheers to, you know, to him with his favorite wine. I remember Kasinski when they were doing the tributes late last week said that you know, when she, she's retired now from covering sports in Chicago. She had done it for like almost 25 years through various up stations. And she said that when she was thinking about retiring, JD was the only one that said, hey, you know, go ahead and do it. You know, you, you can enjoy some you know great wine. So it's definitely, you know, how a testament to how much he was loved. And you know, even some of the players, you know, some of the players from, you know, today, I mean, I, I heard uh, Robert Quinn said some nice things about him, you know, over the last week. Of course, Mad- Maggie says something too. So really sweet gesture by the Bears brass. And probably one thing that the Bears have done right this year.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. You're listening to Second City Sports on the hashtag Bears Victory Monday, I guess. We're live and in living color right here on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina are here with you. Laquina, let's dive into the rest of the Week 17 action from the NFL, the games that took place yesterday. We'll start off at Orchard Park in western New York in Buffalo. It was the Bills 29, the Atlanta Falcons 15. Matt Ryan was 13-23 for 197 yards. On the flip side, Josh Allen had two rushing touchdowns for the Bills. Devin Singletary, 23 carries, 120 yards, 10 yards, and two touchdowns. Kyle Pitts for Atlanta, their stud tight end, had two catches for 69 yards. (coughs) Lakina, the Bills jumped out to an early lead. The Falcons got back into the game. But it was the Bills' defense that shut the door in the second half, and with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, this is, I believe, their third time trying to get back to the five hundred mark. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. Their record is now 7 and nine on the season. The Bills improved to ten and six. If the Bills win next week, I believe that uh, they'll clinch the AFC East.
1: Yes, they will. It's sort of a win in their scenario, win. And this, despite with despite Josh Allen having three interceptions, you know, definitely not his best. Game, you know, they did sack, you know, the defense did sack Matt Ryan five times. So that helped, you know, kind of offset that. So, you know, I think that's a good thing. You know, we've said this before when your offense isn't doing very well, the defense steps up and picks up the slack. This is what, ha- and vice versa. This is what happened here. You know, Josh Allen didn't have his best game, but then, you know, again, the defense, you know, they were able to hold them all, hold off the Falcons offense when they did have the ball. And also, too, they sacked Matt Ryan five times. So, Again, you, you feel for Atlanta, but you got to think that they're thinking about the future. And you know, who knows? Matt Ryan might be playing his last game next week in for Atlanta, so we'll see what happens there. But look, I think the look, Buffalo did what they're supposed to do. So you know, keep it churning and you know, just win and you end up winning AFC East.
0: And one of the games of the day of the day, it, it took place in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was the Cincinnati Bengals uh, defeating the Kansas City Chiefs on a McPherson game-winning field goal, 34-31. Joe Burrow, 30-39 for 446 yards and four touchdown passes. Jamar Chase, their still rookie wide receiver out of LSU, caught three of them off of 11 catches with 266 yards, a Bengals franchise record, and Darrell Williams had... 14 carries for 88 yards and two touchdowns for the Kansas City Chiefs. Lakina, I did watch the majority of this game via this computer screen. Mm -hmm. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I think uh, Christine Manica, our our buddy on Fridays, she talked about this could be a preview for the AFC Championship game. I won't be surprised if it is now, especially after what happened yesterday. I know the Kansas City Chiefs defense was torched yesterday. They had two penalties called uh, on the goal line, which set up the game-winning field goal for the Bengals. But, Lakina, uh, even though I did pick Kansas City to win the Super Bowl, it's still not going to be as easy as people think come play all time for the Chiefs. But Cincinnati, they improved their record to 10-6 and six on the year. Kansas City's at 11-5. and five. Cincinnati, I don't know who they play next week, but uh, unless uh, uh, a win next week will improve their city, do you start to rest, guys?
1: They play, they, they play Cleveland next week to finish the season, so we'll see where they are. I mean, Cleveland might already be eliminated from the playoffs, you know, tonight against Pittsburgh, so we'll see what, mm-hmm. what happens with that. And, you know, Chase, I, I think, you know, leaving Chase wide open, Jamar Chase wide open, not the smartest thing, I would think, because a couple of those touchdown passes he was, someone missed their assignment, obviously. You know, Chase is the youngest player in NFL history with 200-plus receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns in a single game, the, o- the only other 21-year-olds to do that all time. Jerry Butler way back in 79 also to uh Randy Moss who did in 98. So pretty good company there that he joins and and so look I mean is is he ready? I mean we'll see once you know once they plan to play in the playoffs. It all depend on who they end up playing. So it, it's sort of one of those things where if you're Kansas City, you still got a, a outside shots, but a lot has to happen in order to get the number 1 seed. You missed a chance, you had your chance, you think you know you blew it. So like I said, before, I look, I don't buy the Chiefs as being the AFC representative. I, I just don't. You know, I think this game, you know, yesterday sort of showed you why. But, you know, look, they still got a shot in one seed. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, throw them to the wolves. But, you know, I think since they show you that, look, they can play with the big boys.
0: Let's head down to Nashville, Tennessee, as the Tennessee Titans clinched the 2021 AFC South Division title by defeating the Miami Dolphins 34-3. Tua Tungvalova for the Dolphins was 18-38, 205 yards in the interception. Dante Foreman for the Titans had 26 carries, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Clearly his best game of the season. And Mike Gusecki from Miami, their stud tight end, had four catches for 51 yards. Lakina, this was an ugly game until late when Tennessee – uh, scored 17 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Miami, Miami, they just didn't show up.
1: Yeah, it was one of those days where it was very close. I mean, I think it was, what, 17-3 at halftime. And the, the Miami still had an outside shot, but, you know, fumbles, and Tua got, I think, got sacked like three or four times. And, you know, they didn't really, you know, the Titans kind of kicked it into gear, if you will. I mean, Dante, Dante Foreman, you know, had 132 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He's done a really good job picking up the slack with, Derek Henry being out, they actually they have actually control their destiny in the AFC for the one seat because their mm-hmm. last game, you know, next week they play Houston, they play at Houston, so we'll see where Houston's mindset is by that point. But mm-hmm. they're the win, and they're the number one seed, so they have they actually control their own destiny with the Chiefs losing. So we'll see what happens. But I think you know Tennessee. Look, look we said before about the Tennessee defense; they're opportunistic, so you mm-hmm. really don't know what you're what you're gonna get with them sometimes. But like I said, like I've always said, you know, once you're in the dance, you have a chance. So they've got a shot. And look, will they end up being the AFC representative? Probably not. But you know, they're gonna. If they end up winning next week, I mean, the the road to the, uh, the road to be the AFC representative will go through Nashville.
0: In another game of the day yesterday, it was the Indianapolis Colts losing at home to the Las Vegas Raiders, twenty three twenty. Derek Carr was 24-31 for 255 yards, an interception, and a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor, MVP candidate from the Indianapolis Colts, he had 20 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. And Zay Jones for the Raiders had eight catches for 120 yards. Lakina, it was Las Vegas Raiders, 10 points in the fourth quarter, in which sealed the victory uh, uh, for the Raiders. I did watch the majority of this game via this computer screen. Uh, the the Carson, Carson Wentz, uh, who was off the COVID list yesterday right before game time. Indianapolis didn't have it in the first half overall, even though they scored 10 second quarter points. But I thought they showed some fight in that second half. But you could tell from watching from beginning to end, the Raiders set the tone and they didn't let their uh, foot off the off the pedal.
1: You could, you could tell that Carson was a little bit, you know, a little bit sluggish, which mm-hmm. which happens unfortunately when it comes to COVID. And, you know, but look, Derek Carr, he was able to bounce back for a couple of, you know, one was one was pretty bad with a couple of interceptions. And they were able to kind of he was able to set them up for that game winning field goal. So, you know, the Raiders are setting up a matchup. We'll get to the their their opponent in a second for next week. But you know, mm-hmm. the Colts I like, think lost a shot at, you know, perhaps you know, they lost their chance of controlling their own destiny. So too many playoff scenarios, so because there's like there's so many, you know, they're tiebreakers and such. But the Colts definitely missed opportunity. And but you know, the Raiders were able to take advantage of it.
0: Let's see. We can sneak in another game or two before the bomb of the hour break. It was the New England Patriots improving their record to 10 6 after defeating the bad Jacksonville Jaguars 50 10. That's right. A a Bill Belichick team scoring 50 points in one football game. Mac Jones was 22 30 for 227 yards and three touchdown passes. Stevenson for the New England Patriots, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, had 19, 19 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. And Laquan Treadwell from Chicago has six catches for 87 yards for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence did not have a great day yesterday. He had one touchdown pass, but he was sacked a bunch of times. New England. Uh, this could be another team like the Titans. Uh, they're not the sexiest team in terms of players on the roster, uh, in terms of superstars, but they can give a team trouble come playoff time.
1: Yeah, they can. I mean, if they're running, you know, if they can run the ball well. I mean, Stevenson, remember he was out last couple of weeks back, so you know the fact that he rushed for – 107 yards, you know. Also, David Harris also had a couple of rushing touchdowns as well. Mm -hmm. And and look, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this because, you know, it's Jacksonville and I think they're just waiting for the season to be over with. I mean, they picked off uh, Trevor Lawrence three times. Okay. Mm -hmm. You you, you know, you scored 50 against Jacksonville. Okay. You did what you're supposed to do. Okay. Moving on.
0: (laughs) Speaking of moving on, we'll sneak in one more game before the break. It was the Philadelphia Eagles clinching a playoff spot by defeating the Washington football team 2016. Uh, Taylor Heineke for the for the Washington football team, 27 to 36, 247 yards in the interception. Jared Patterson for, for Washington had 12 carries, 57 yards in the score. Tied in Dallas Goddard for Philadelphia had six catches for 71 yards. Lakina, it was the Philadelphia Eagles. Shutting out the Washington football team in the second half, thirteen and nothing, to get the all important win on the road. As the Philadelphia's record improves to nine to seven, Washington drops to six and ten.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where they they actually remember it, it was they actually got it via the Vikings loss. That's how they got into the, mm-hmm. got into the playoffs. Plus their win, so we want to make sure we make that clear. But, yeah, look, I think, but I think, look, I think the Eagles have shown you that. Hey, look, there's still there are some players on that team. You know, you got Jalen Hurts. You know, they got a. You know, Dallas Goddard, Goddard who didn't didn't catch a touchdown, but you know definitely kept the the offense off the field for the Eagles. And you know the running game is you know sort of open ended. You know especially you got Hurst, of course, Jordan Howard, former Bears out there as well. So it's it's sort of you know like they were able to do just enough to win you know enough to win that game. But no one, nothing was really expected for the for, you know nothing, no one was really expecting the Eagles to do anything this year. Nick Sirianni has done a great job. Now they're going to be going back to the playoffs for the first, I think, like five or six years. So, you know, good good for them and good for their fans. And I know I have a couple of friends who are Eagles fans. I know they're ecstatic and excited to that they've been able to do this. So, you know, good for them. And Washington, you know, you had, you know, multiple opportunities, you know, slip away. And, you know, injuries I think definitely caught caught up with them.
0: And Real quick before we break, uh, do you think that Sirianni w- could be one of those – um candidates for uh head coach of the year
1: i think he'll definitely be in the team picture i think he's definitely kind of
0: okay
1: no like i said no one nothing was expected of them you know i don't think i don't think he'll be like with the, the three finals but he'll definitely finish like when the full vote comes out he'll finish in the top five so he'll definitely get some consideration for coach of the year for what he's done with this team so that is you know that is all for us for this part of the half hour but now we've got other games still don't worry including you know some strange things happening in new york and you know <laughs> Among other things, and uh, a couple of you know, couple of games that couple of games that help set up you know next week's games, and also to uh, Green Bay wins gets number one seed again. Along with Brown, I'm the King of McGee. This is second seeds Sports, and this is Porsel Chicago. Happy New Year, everybody.
3: AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash, powered by the Score app, on 1330 and 95.9 Sports Zone, Chicago. The Chicago Bears dominated the New York Giants yesterday at home, 29 to three. Darnell Mooney seven catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Andy Dalton threw for 173 yards and that touchdown in the victory with the win. The Bears are now six and 10 on the season. On the ice, the Chicago Blackhawks were thumped in Nashville six to one the final score. That game on Saturday as the Blackhawks Dropped a second straight game. Chicago is back in action tomorrow at home when they play host to the Colorado Avalanche. In the NBA tonight, the Chicago Bulls are back home. They'll host the Orlando Magic. The Bulls are 24 and 10. Download the score app today, Lightning Fast Sports Alerts, so you never miss a thing. I'm John Thayer on 1330 and 959 Sports Zone, Chicago.
2: Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents. Don't you just love the smell of old books? Shh, this is a library. Sorry, ma'am. We're looking for a book titled Liberty Mutual Customizes Your Car Insurance So You Only Pay For What You Need. I don't think we carry that, but check nonfiction. He really does devour literature. Please leave. Only pay for what you need. Liberty,
3: liberty, liberty, liberty. You've
2: been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but...
0: Welcome back to Second City Sports on the hashtag Bears Victory Monday. I guess, <laughs> real life and living color right here on Sports Zone. Chicago Sealakina are here with you as we continue our recap of Week Seventeen. Uh, action from yesterday in the National Football League. Laquina, as you mentioned before the break, let's go to East Rutherford, New Jersey, as the New York Jets blow a 17-point lead as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with their largest comeback this season, defeating the Jets 28-24. Tom Brady, 34-50 for 410 yards and three touchdowns. Michael Carter for the Jets, three carries, 54 yards. The Gronk, Ron Gronkowski for the Bucs, had seven catches and 115 yards. And Antonio Brown uh, had a a five-year-old uh I'll say moment of uh outburst. You explain it because I I watched that majority of that game live yesterday. I couldn't believe what I saw.
1: I, I mean just you know I guess someone got had a really nice uh shot of it from the side and apparently you know supposedly you know they he got into it with some of the coaches and you know Mike Evans, I believe, Surreal uh, Grayson, who actually ended up, you know, scoring that game-winning touchdown for Tampa. You know, trying to help, you know, pull, you know, Brown back. And I think, you know, Evans was like, you know what, I give up, I ain't gonna try it. So, you know, he just <laughs> went to the side, and uh, I guess, you know, he left the field. You know, he took off his, you know, Brown. I mean, he took off his gear, he took off his shoulder pads and his jersey. I don't, like, I don't know how cold it was over in uh, <laughs> New York, up in New Jersey, but. He, you know, kind of waved to everybody, jogged off the field, and that was that. So, and, and I know that, I know that, um, you know, Rappaport, you know, said that allegedly, you know, he didn't say who he got it from, probably got it from AB's agent, that, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but yeah, apparently, mm-hmm. you know, he's his you know, his ankle's, ankle's been bothering him, that's why he hadn't played the last, you know, the first few weeks, of course, the other stuff that happened, that's why he didn't play those last couple of weeks, you know, that the ankle was bothering him, and, you know, Bruce Arias, I guess, just said like about an hour ago in a presser saying no that's not true like i don't, I don't know what y'all are talking about no 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 he told you know he's you know i said something to him and you know he you know had he lost it and that's how his tantrum you know he got his tantrum come out so i, I don't know i mean look i said i don't want to go too much into i know people want to defend ab but it seems like this guy needs needs some type of psychiatric evaluation you know and such even if they were true and that his you know his ankle was banged up they wanted to come out there you know, with the jogging, it's, especially now it, it's come out that you miss out on a lot of bonus money, you know, if you didn't play um week 18. So it, it's just crazy. And it's just silly. And, you know, I know Tom Bray is very upset, I'm sure, because he went yeah. to back for for a B. You know, he said his house and such. So I, I don't know. It is just the, the whole thing is just silly and crazy. And I like I, said, I don't want to get too much deep into it. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But the the whole thing is just silly at this point.
0: One well, last question about A.B. before we review this game. Do you think he's played his last game in the NFL? I say yes.
1: Pro- yeah, probably so. Probably so. There's no – There's no. especially once you do that now that it's everywhere, you can't really bounce back from that.
0: Hmm. Now, back to the game. The, uh, I, like I said, I watched, I watched the majority of this game yesterday, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't have it in the first half of uh, Bra- Braxton Burial's became the first Jets player to have a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in the same game. Too bad we can't get them on the Bears, but that's a whole nother issue. But uh, Zach Wilson looked okay yesterday. The, uh, the Jets put up 17 first-half points. They only mm-hmm. had seven points in the second half, but uh, maybe the Jets have some pieces for the future. I'm not sure, but uh, Tampa Bay, let's be honest, they were caught off guard in the first half. The second half, they came out firing. They had that late third-quarter touchdown. Then things turned in their favor in the fourth quarter, scoring 11 points for the uh, all-important uh, road to victory. Of course, they're yeah. not going to get the number one seed now, but they're still going to host a playoff game, unlike a year ago wild-card weekend in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you kind of say to yourself, oh, OK, you know, it happens late in the season. You're kind of just, you know, you don't expect the, the other team, especially if they've been playing bad through the season. They're like, oh, you know what? They're not going to. We'll just, you know, sleepwalk through. And of course, you know, unfortunately, you know, the Jets are still playing pretty well, pretty well. And that wasn't the case. But, you know, they they were able to kick it into gear. You know, they were looking They're going to get that, that two seed in the playoffs. So. You know, not with this, you know, drum with AB withstanding. I mean, look, Tommy, Tom Brady show you why he's still Tom Brady, you know, marched down the field, you know, scored, they scored 11 on the in the four. So, okay, moving on, you know, you're 4 You may have a shot at practicing the 2 but you know what? I don't want to get into, you know, deep into this. So, moving on.
0: Moving. Speaking of moving on, the Los Angeles Rams did just that with their second game on the East Coast in the noon time slot. They defeated the Baltimore Ravens 20-19 thanks to Odell Beckham Jr.'s game-winning touchdown catch. Matthew Stafford for the Rams had uh, 309 yards, passing off 26-35 passing, including two touchdowns, and another pick six. Devontae Freeman for Baltimore had 14 carries for 76 yards. Cooper Cup, who should be a, a candidate for MVP, he had six catches, ninety-five yards, and a touchdown for the Rams. But Keena, it was the Rams' defense that, uh, that that uh, came uh, came together late. But Baltimore dominated them in the first half. But it was the Rams uh, making the plays when they had to down the stretch.
1: Yeah, they did, and it's sort of one. I have kind of kept an eye on this game. You know, I wasn't too surprised that you know that the Ravens kind of jumped on the Rams early. You know, for mm-hmm. various reasons. But you know, again. They settled down, you know, Saffir settled down. He was able to bounce back from those two interceptions and they were able to, you know, make a make a play late. And, of course, you know, the defense for the Rams set up when they needed to. And, you know, of course, OBJ had that touchdown catch. So, you know, 2019, you know, they ended up winning it. As for Baltimore, it looks like, you know, you're 8-8 eight and eight now. You have had a lot of injuries. The fact that you even, you know, were still able to stay afloat. But I think this is sort of a lost season. A lot has to happen. For them you know of course winning their game on next sunday but then all the things got to happen after before then before in order for them to get a chance to make the playoffs so but the fact that they were able to you know sort of stay up full, as long as they did with all the injuries you know you may have to make some changes to the coaching wise just saying but you know but again the rams are kind of like on the up and up so that's a uh, so good for them
0: you're listening to Second City Sports on a hashtag Bears Victory Monday, I guess. We're alive and live in a living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See you, here with you. If you have a question or a comment for us? Do any of our topics on today's show? We have less than 90 minutes left to go. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Now to the late games, Lakina. It's the, we call them the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on this show. They improved their record to 9-7 after beating down the Denver Broncos 34-13. Drew Locke, 18-25 for 245 yards and a touchdown for Denver. Austin Eckler had a touchdown off of 17 carries for 58 yards for the Chargers. Broncos stud tight end, North offense, six catches for 92 yards and a score.
1: Yeah, and also too, Justin Herbert broke Phillip Rivers record for the most touchdowns by our Chargers QB in a season 35. So congrats to him. One of those two touchdown passes that he had. I mean, and the Chargers did what you're supposed to do. You know, you're better than the Broncos. You know, you thought maybe the Broncos, you know, unfortunately, injuries and also two other things kind of kept them from, you know, going further, you know, in the season of the Chargers, which sets up that big Chargers matchup against the Raiders on Sunday night football. So basically a win in your end situation in that front. So that sets up for that probably should be a really great game out there in AFC West. But, you know, the Chargers did just have to win that game. And, and like I said before, it says that that big matchup against the Raiders for that last playoff spot. So, you know, should be a lot of fun. Again, we'll get more into it on <clears> Friday. But, you know, sets up for what probably to be a really great game.
0: To Santa Clara, California, the San Francisco 49ers inch closer to clinching the playoff spot at the 23-7 win over the bad Houston Texans team. Trey Lance, my guy, 16-23 for 249 yards and two touchdowns. Both of them coming in the second half. Elijah Mitchell, 21 carries, 119 yards for the 49ers. Brandon Ayuk, four catches for 94 yards.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was actually kind of a slow start. I mean, the 49ers were trailing Houston at the half you know, I I guess, you know, Kyle Shanahan was able to kind of stick a a knife, uh, a fire under their butts. You know, they kind of woke up and look, I think Trey Lance, I think, you know, this is first game, you know, starting. So, you know, we probably tell there was some nerves. He had an interception early, but he settled down. He threw for a couple of touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell, 119 yards. He has a stud running back for them. George Kittle had a crazy, uh, you know, catch that kept the chains moving for them. And again, this Mm -hmm. sets up a really big matchup with the Rams. I mean, they see win and they're in, end, you know, for the 49ers that control their own destiny. So, you know, should like I say, it comes up it, it sets up to be a really good, you know, great week 18 matchup for next week.
0: To Dallas, Texas, the Dallas Cowboys drop another game at home this time to the Arizona Cardinals 25-22. Kyler Murray for the Cardinals was 26-38 for 263 yards and two touchdown passes. Chase Edmonds, 18 carries, 53 yards for the Cardinals. And Christian Kurtz, six catches for 79 yards. Lakina, I was watching another game we'll get to in just a moment, but just watching the highlights of this game, uh, uh, could it be fair? Uh, maybe I'm wrong on this, but that first half was pretty boring, but it got interesting in that fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, you kind of thought they were feeling each other, you know, maybe – I know they, they lost um, Michael Gallup for the year the Cowboys did with their torn ACL. He scored the touchdown, but, again, it was a costing one because you know he, he injured his ACL, his ACL. Now he's done for the year. Now Kyler Murray, apparently, he loves playing at AT&T State. I mean, I think he's like 7-0 while there. Of course, you know, he's now 2-0 playing with the you know 2-0 now in NFL. Yep. He was when he was in high school, he was 2-0 in college. Of course, they played the, uh, the Big 12 championship game there. So – you know, he got a couple of, you know, let go home with a couple of Big 12 championships. Also, two, you know, of course, now 2 0 in the NFL. But this sort of, this definitely kind of surprised me because I, you know, you thought that maybe the Cowboys, you know, looked like they were, you know, getting ready to, you know, kind of get, try to make a, a chase for that two seed in the NFC. But, you know, the, you know, the Cardinals defense said, uh, uh, uh. And look, they forced, um, you know, Dak to make some overthrows and, and they know they they sacked Dak and also too they you know they defended their receivers well I know um I think it was uh Bella Baker you know he was on Amari Cooper a lot so he was a non-factor Cooper was for the most part you know yeah he, he didn't have a touchdown for, for for the most part he wasn't really a factor so you know it was one of those things where he's sort of like okay these two teams could have very well end up playing each other again in a couple of weeks so they might be feeling each other out now at 11 and five the Cardinals I think they showed that they have that killer instinct I know there are folks that were kind of questioning do they have it? And I think they showed that, yeah. You know, I'm sure they heard it from a lot of folks, maybe from their own, you know, home, you know, home uh hometown in Arizona. But I think they showed that, you know what? We yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. I mean, they, they could be a dangerous team going into the playoffs.
0: Another team trying to keep their slim playoff host alive. The New Orleans Saints got by the Carolina Panthers with an 18-10 victory. Taysom Hills 27 to 38 for 222 yards and a touchdown. Chupa Herbert 17 carries, 55 yards, and a score for Carolina. And for the New Orleans Saints, Marquez Calloway, six catches for 97 yards. Lakina, Cameron Jordan had three and a half sacks yesterday. The Saints' defense uh, was the story here. The offense really couldn't get going against a bad Carolina team, but as I mentioned, that Saints' defense uh, stepped up to the plate, including the, uh, a game into the interception.
1: Yeah, I know. Um can't join the rest of that defense. Like I said before, they're kind of inconsistent. You know, they play Atlanta next week. I mean, they just lost, you know, they lost to Atlanta by two a few weeks back early in the season. So it's I'm sure the Falcons would love to play spoiler for New Orleans. I mean, it's gonna be tough for them because they have to hope that, you know, San Francisco loses if they lose. So it's still it all it comes all it all is about tiebreakers at this point. So even if even if San Fran loses to the Rams next week, you know, they're still there's a lot for them to have to happen ahead of them. So basically they have to win you know, Atlanta next week. So, you know, we'll see what happens next week against that that's against the Falcons. But I think for the Saints, I'm sure there are a couple of games where they, including that Atlanta game, they wish they could take back, but they can try to get their revenge. As for this, I, like I said, I didn't pay too much attention to this game. I mean, it was sort of like, okay, you're, a, you're both NFC South. You're probably you're both probably going to go to the playoffs. So you're like, okay, you know what, let's, let's keep it going.
0: Yeah, it was nice to hear uh, Matt Mellon back on Fox yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he does the Big Ten Network games uh, from time to time. Also, a hometown girl and White Sox fan Sarah Custa was roaming the sidelines yesterday. Of course, she does the Brooklyn Nets games for the S yes Network. So those are the two things that, that stood out to me from, from that game yesterday. Let's head up to Seattle, a, a game against two uh, for two bad teams. It was the Seattle Seahawks defeating the Detroit Lions 51-29. That's right, I said it. 51 to 29. Who, if you bet the over, over uh, total for, for this one, you're a very lucky person this morning. Um, <laughs> for the Detroit Lions, Tim Boyle was 22 or 37 for 262 yards and two touchdowns. Rashard Penny was the man for the Seahawks, 25 carries, 170 yards to two touchdown passes. Amon Ross St. Brown for Detroit, eight catches, 111 yards and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, again, I don't want to spend too much time on this game because you know, I, like I said, I didn't pay too much attention to it. You know, I watched Seattle, the
0: majority of this game. You know why?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know why you did, but uh, I, I mean, okay, you know, Seattle shut down on in early. You know, Russell Wilson and probably maybe his last game at Century Link. You know, score, you know, three for four touchdowns. You know, Rashard Penny could be someone that you know maybe a, a young guy that they probably build around you know in the future, especially if it does end up being Russell Wilson's last game. But oh, uh, you know you, you beat Detroit. Okay, you're both are going to the playoffs. You know you finish strong at home. Okay, like again, I'm not impressed. <laughs> like okay, you, you you beat Detroit. Okay, you did what you're supposed to do. So okay, you're just a little bit better than Detroit. I
0: guess. love watch Wilson Wilson play, Gus. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Akeeb a- a- to leave. <laughs> and of course, wrapping up the week 17 action, the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football destroyed the minnesota vikings 37 10 aaron Rodgers 29 38 for 288 yards and two touchdowns aaron jones eight carries for 76 yards Devontae adams 11 catches 136 yards and a touchdown
1: yeah this is sort of like a bore you know by the by the time uh green bay it went up by like 17 like 23 i'm like okay they're not coming back the vikings aren't coming back so yeah you know they'll Again, that, that's it for them. And also, too, that eliminates the, the Vikings from playoff contention, which, in essence, you know, got the Eagles to clinch the playoff berth. And, of course, the Packers now have the number one seed with that win. So, you know, they, they've clinched the one seed. And yeah, I know this is something that you know, Aaron Rodgers really wanted after all that drama from early in the mm-hmm. season. You know, they're the first team to win 30, 13 games in three straight seasons, you know, matching only the late 60s Oakland Raiders So in the Super Bowl era. So, you know... Uh, again, we'll see if they can get, you know, Robert Bactari back or J. Alexander. I know I think Alexander did come back Yes, they will see if Bactari could come back next week. So, and, you know, they'll, they'll have to buy the rest up and heal up, but the road to the, to the Super Bowl for the NFC will go through Lambeau. So, uh, make sure you wear multiple layers, all you, you know, Los Angeles, you know, Rams and Cardinals, all you other, you know, warm weather <laughs> teams.
0: And, um, in week 17, we'll conclude tonight on Monday Night Football as the 7-8 Cleveland Browns will travel to Heinz Field to take on the 7-7-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, 18 years in the Steelers' uniform, said earlier this week that it's most likely his last home game as a <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler. We all pit Cleveland on Wednesday, Lakina, yours truly, you, and Christine. I wouldn't be surprised if Pittsburgh won tonight, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. That they beat Cleveland tonight, like I said, Cleveland doesn't doesn't have anything to play for. Pittsburgh still does. Pittsburgh will have to win tonight and next week and have a whole almost everybody in front of them lose next week in order to quarter quarter qualify for the playoffs. But for Ben Roethlisberger, he should have retired about two three years ago. But uh, we all know that old saying, "Money talks, BS walks." But uh, what do you expect tonight?
1: Not much. I mean, like like you said, I mean Cleveland. I'm sure they're going to want to try to you know play at their best. I know Chubb. You know, we'll see if. Um, Derek Watt can slow down Nick Chubb, you know, and the rest of that, uh, that running game also too, we'll see maybe, maybe, you know, Big Ben will have his best, best performance to finish up his home career there at Heinz field. Who knows also too, uh, the Manning brothers are back, you know, for their, their season finale, their Manning cast. So we'll see if, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about, and also, too, Baker Mayfield as well. But, again, yes, like I said, Pittsburgh is really the only team that has a lot to play for now because, they, like I said, they have to win their, their last two and hope, like, a whole lot of help. We won't get into it because it's very complicated. Yep. But, uh, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, we'll we'll see. It should be a good game. It could be a, one of those ugly games, like I said before, 9, 6, you know, ten seven, or those type of things.
0: Pre-1980s football.
1: <laughs> but. Again, you know, we'll 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 see. I mean, it's it's gonna like I said, it'll be an interesting matchup. I mean, these two always play each other. You're know, very close to the vest, so you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, a lot could happen tonight.
0: Yes, a lot can happen tonight. I'm re- I'm really waiting for that uh, Manning cast. So I want to see uh, uh, how uh, the Manning brothers will pay tribute to uh, Ben Roethlisberger because we all know that Eli Manning was part of that draft back in 04. Of course, he was drafted by San Diego and was traded to New York. Of course, for those of you that forgot about this story, don't know anything about this story, go look up some documentaries on YouTube. Lakina, before we get to another tribute that we have to do to close out this hour, who are your studs and does from week 17 yesterday?
1: Uh, my first studs are the Arizona Cardinals. I think they showed folks, like I said before, they show people that they do have that killer instinct. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people thought they probably weren't going to win that game against the the Cowboys, but... I but their defense like i said they jumped on deck right away you know they slowed them down They did what they what they're supposed to they they did what they could to win that game and like i said more they could look verbal see a rematch of this game this of these two in a couple of weeks maybe this time mm-hmm. over in arizona so we'll see what happens once everything comes out in the playoffs but my second uh stud um let's see since i mean they oh they showed a lot of you know a lot of poise and they yeah, they benefit yeah, and I'm sure Chiefs fans will say, Oh, they benefit from a couple of bad penalties. Okay. But you know they 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 were well, they capitalize on it. they just have to win that game. And they'll they'll close the AFC you North know, for the first time in in a long time, in about a decade, and they're going back to the playoffs for the first time in a few years as well. So good for Cincy and I'm gonna go off the grid here for my my third stud. Our buddy Jason Pfeiffer, he won our fantasy league. So uh yeah, congratulations to him. Um I'm gonna finish in the top five, which is you know high for me. So, so I started playing fantasy. I've been playing fantasy football, football for about a decade and made the playoffs for the first time and you know won for that. I, you know, finished top five for the first time. So that's you know, but he you ended know, up win it all. So, you know, congrats to our buddy J5. And you know, our bonus stud, um I'm trying to think who else. Uh, who else would be worthy of us stud? But yeah, I think yeah, I think that that's it. I mean, I don't think yeah, that that that's it. <laughs> oh well, Philly, Philly, Philly. For going back, to you know, Nick Sirianni and the, the Eagles for you know going back to the to playoffs mm. when no one really wasn't really expecting too much from them this year.
0: Mike, by three studs. a given one is Jamar Chase, 266 yards, a Bengals franchise record, as part of a 34-31 win over the Chiefs. Trey Lance for me, 249 yards and two touchdowns, and that's a part of the 20 nothing outburst in the second half for the 49ers over, over the Texans. Rashard Penny for Seattle will be my other stud. 25 carries, 170 yards as part of a 51 29 win over the lions for the Seahawks. And my bonus stud, Let me see one, two, three, let me be nice. Lakina, And I'm going to be nice and professional. David Montgomery, two touchdowns for the bears.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see, I can see that. Uh, my uh, okay, well my my duds, uh, the Giants. You're just terrible. You're putrid. You. Yeah. I think that's bringing, obvious. <laughs> I don't know why they're bringing Joe Judge back. He might have something on some of the the the, you know, the ownership there. I don't know, but I don't know why he's even coming back. But again, that's a that's a whole other uh, story. Um, duds, uh, Indy. I mean, you, you missed a chance to. You had a shot to kind of put the game away against the Raiders. You couldn't. So, you know, you didn't give the ball to Jonathan Taylor than you sh- more than you should have. So, I'm I'm giving y'all a, a, a dud there. And uh, Minnesota, yeah, you're out of the playoffs. <laughs> you know, Mike Zimmer might be getting his pink slip late card. He doesn't want to start Kellen Mung. I guess he probably knows that he's terrible. So, <laughs> you've got, and they, and they said, yeah, I, I know they've had. I, I Look, I know they've had injury issues. I know Kirk Cousins couldn't play because of COVID and, and those type of things. And, you know, Justin Jefferson wasn't really a factor. You know, the defense, you got you to, got I know some of the defensive guys were out to you know, do the various things. But you've got a good team there. But maybe you need a different, maybe like the Bears need a different coaching you know, staff to help get them out of you. But those are my three duds.
0: I think you took most of my duds away, Lakina. Of course, Antonio Brown that's interesting you know, say goodbye to your career I'll leave it at that and the Miami Dolphins for me
1: yeah 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 it didn't really show too much effort you know they had their shot to perhaps make they had their chance to make that game interesting but they didn't and just when you thought that I know a lot of Dolphins says you know just when you thought that they had a shot perhaps maybe making a run at it for the playoffs you know they have that performance last night I mean yesterday so yeah, I can I can kind of see why you have them as a dud, but yeah, they're kind of my, you know, they're kind of like my bonus dud, So the bonus duds are the Dolphins.
0: All right, you're listening to Second City Sports, uh, the first show for 2022, live in the living color on the Monday, January third. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. Lakina, we had another death over the weekend in the football Mm. world. Former NFL player and head coach Dan Reeves passed away at the age of 77. Uh, He spent 38 years as a player and a coach in the National Football League as a a player for the Dallas Cowboys. He had 1,693 receiving yards, uh, over 1,900 rushing yards. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry. He had 25 rushing touchdowns for his career. And he participated in nine Super Bowls, the third most for an individual. He took two different teams uh, to the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos with three appearances and the Atlanta Falcons with one in the '98 season. Lakina, uh, this was, what was the ultimate players coach. I watched some of those team highlight videos on YouTube over the weekend with Denver, the New York football Giants, and, of course, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, for the New York Giants, he came in in 1993. Of course, remember that team – uh, three years before won the Super Bowl, they weren't able mm-hmm. to defend that title because Bill Parcells retired. Bill Belichick, who they wanted to hire as head coach, he already made the jump to Cleveland at the time. But r- people forget Phil Simms. Uh, head coach Dan Reese got the most out of Phil Simms at 38 years old in 1993. Of course, Phil Simms went to the booth for NBC. Of course, he's still broadcasted for CBS. But Dan Reese was the ultimate players uh, coach and he got the most out of his players. Of course, we saw what happened with the 1998 Atlanta Falcons. Of course, he missed a couple of games due to uh, uh, due to heart complications. Of course, the Atlanta Falcons made it to the Super Bowl. We won't get to what happened the night before because uh, that's a whole other issue. But uh, the Atlanta Falcons were the field good story in 1998 with Jamal Anderson, the Dirty Birds. They upset the Vikings in the Metro Dome. In my opinion, one of the best NFC Championship games ever. And so Dan Reeves uh, uh, also he, he was the first professional head coach for Michael Vick in two thousand when Michael Vick came into the league in two thousand one. Of course, uh, Michael Vick got the starting job full time in two thousand two, and his career took off at that time. So, uh, R.I.P. to a great legend, Mr. Dan Reeves.
1: Yeah, you get the best of you know, like you said, Phil Simms also too. John Elway posted yes. a really nice tri- tribute. You know they would you know they you know, play the three, they went the three Super Bowls together. Unfortunately, they weren't able to win any of them. I think there were like two times, I think they got their butts kicked, but, you know, but like he got the best out of him and you saw some, you know, we've seen other various, you know, players and and other coaches. I know uh, Bill Parcells, you know, said some nice things about him and a nice tribute there as well. Also to uh, Rex Ryan as well. So he was definitely, like you say, you know, players loved him. He was definitely a, a player's coach. He got the best out of player, you know, out of, you know, out of, out of them and, and and look i mean he was definitely one of those guys where you wish he had you know he would have won a super bowl he said mm-hmm. before if you remember the the atlanta team yeah, i know a lot of folks were cheering for the atlanta team that year in 98 when they went to the super bowl went, went to their first super bowl so it, it's definitely you know one of those things you know he was definitely one of those coaches that probably didn't get as much recognition as he should have he won coach of the year tw- uh, twice and you know definitely one of those guys that you felt that probably never really got his due. Even though the players really loved him, so you know, rest in peace. to Probably want another one of all time greats. Not a not a, a good way to start twenty twenty two, but you know, you know he he died just a few weeks short of his seventy eighth birthday, so he d- didn't get a chance to get you know make it to seventy eight. But you know, rest in peace and thoughts and prayers to him and his family.
0: Yes, uh, like I said, peace and love to the Dan Reese family uh, during this difficult time. Our hearts and thoughts and prayers are uh, with you guys. Hour number one in the books, Our number two straight ahead as Second City Sports continues with DeMar DeRosa. He's on another planet, and help is on the way for the Chicago Bulls. And plus, we'll review the college football playoff. Ugh. And plus, we have other um, news and more fun for you guys. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in, li- in living color. That's Lakina. I'm Sid. And you're listening to Sports SportsZone, Chicago
3: the presents the sports flash powered by the score app on 1330 and 95.9 sports zone chicago the chicago bears dominated the new york giants yesterday at home 29 to three darnell mooney seven catches 69 yards and a touchdown andy dalton threw for 173 yards and that touchdown in the victory with the win the bears are now six and ten on the season on the ice, the Chicago Blackhawks were thumped in Nashville 6-1, to one, the final score. That game on Saturday as the Blackhawks dropped a second straight game. Chicago is back in action tomorrow at home when they play host to the Colorado Avalanche. In the NBA tonight, the Chicago Bulls are back home. They'll host the Orlando Magic. The Bulls are 24-10. Download the Score app today. Lightning Fast Sports Alerts so you never miss a thing. I'm John Thayer on 1330 and 95.9 Sports Zone, Chicago.
2: Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents. Wee-oh, wee-oh. And Doug. Uh, don't you just love the smell of old books? Ah. Shh! This is a library. Sorry, ma'am. We're looking for a book titled "Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need." I don't think we carry that, but check nonfiction. Ah. He really does devour literature. Please leave. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 liberty. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You total your car? You kill someone? The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives so if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks think again drive sober or get pulled over paid for by NHTSA
0: welcome back to hour number two of second city sports or the first show of 2022 on Sports Zone Chicago, we're live, and live in living color, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at ck80. Once again, at ck80. S I D K I D eight zero S I D K I D eight zero.
1: Follow me, Keena McGee, on, on the Twitter and Lakina Score McGee on the IG.
0: Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, and also follow War Media. On all social media platforms. And if you want to contribute to today's show via a question or a comment, you could do so by going to Sports Chicago on Facebook or Sports Chicago on YouTube, typing your questions or comments in the comment section during our less than 60 minutes remaining in the show for today. Lakina will get the, those comments and questions up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll or do something else, Lakina will give you the one legged DeMar DeRozan boot. Bye bye. Speaking of the Chicago Bulls, Lagina, as we talk Bulls in the NBA to kick off our number two, the 24 and 10 Chicago Bulls will host the Orlando Magic tonight at 7 p.m. at the United Center. The Bulls are on, on a current eight-game winning streak. DeMar DeRozan, he's been on another planet. Two game winners, including the one last Friday against the Indiana Pacers for a 108-106 victory and the 120-119 victory against the Washington Wizards last Saturday. LaQuina. Before we break down those two games, which uh game winning shot for, for DeMar DeRosa was the most impressive to you? Be honest. I,
1: well the, the first one, because he didn't he didn't he didn't know there was a lot of time left. So he just threw it up there and threw up a prayer. Well not he didn't like literally like, throw up a prayer, but he kinda just threw it up there and hope for the best. And you know, his prayers were answered. So, you know, I think <laughs> that was that was, but you know, the one the the second one was actually still even, we probably say even more impressive because it was set up and the Wizards. It had been like back and forth between those two, and as it usually is when they play and just that. That one was probably I could say more impressive in the sense that you know basketball wise, it was kind of, it was a, the shot was a little bit better. But you know the fact that he's the first guy to do that back to back. Now I know some people said, okay, Larry didn't Larry Bird do it, but that wasn't that wasn't like back to back like at night. You know night night to night. He actually, there were actually a couple of days off, so he was able to. That's how it was, you know, back to back. Demar is actually the first to do it on back to back days. So again, that's a, that's the a difference. So you know, it, it's it's definitely one of those things. Look, I think you know the, the Nets lost to a, a very short handed Clipper team over the weekend. You know, we'll get to that in a second, but mm-hmm. they, the Bulls are the number one seed right now. Look, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to freak out. I'm like, oh, you're number one. No. Okay, look, there's still a lot. We're only about a third through the season. There's still a lot of season left to be played. But I think, you know, folks are taking notice of them. And, and look, I think if you're the, the Bulls, like you would rather be under the radar. Because, you know, all we heard was, oh, tomorrow's not going to be a good fit for the Bulls, you know, what are they doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like they're doing just that. And look, I think, you know, Zach, you know, we saw Zach's comments after that Wizards game, after that second buzzer beater. He said, wow, I mean, we got DeMar Rosen on our team. So the O's has had to be on, on him to make, a, to make it a big shot. You have DeMar, you have Booch, You know, he's back, you know, today, you know, Lonzo, it's you know, night. I guess the Orlando, Lonzo Ball. You got numerous other guys that you can depend on. And Alex Caruso, I think he's, I think he should be back sometime this week. And you know, all these other players, you know, I.O. has been playing very well too for the Bulls. So if you're the if you're you know, Chris Film is doing a, has a great job keeping everything afloat. You know, I, I think Billy Donovan should be back this week. That's that's the rumor. So you know, look, things looking up for the look, the Steelers are right there for the Bulls. Now again, like I said, I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna say oh they're the best team in the East. I don't think they are. They're, they still got a lot of things they need to to prove on there. Tier your defense, still kind of worries me a little bit, but. You Know, I think the Bulls are showing you that you better take notice
0: now. To the Damar DeRozan question, first for me, uh, I was that first shot against the Indian and the Pacers. I was yelling at my TV uh, as the shot clock was winding down, he, and DeRozan got that screen from Vooch. And I said, Uh, and the, and the Pacers just decided to double, double team, but they backed off. And I said, Do you know, do you can you look at the clock, get a damn shot up? Of course. No one knew that was going to go in. Of course, Demar Derozan threw up off the one leg, and and, and it went in. But that that second one to me uh, against the worst is he faked out the first There Bradley Bill came over late and hit. And he hit it nothing but net in the corner. <laughs> that was amazing. And people thought that he was going to do it again. You're, you're. That's why we like sports, Lekina, because you you never know what's going to happen from game to game. And shout out to Demar Derozan and. Uh, as I said to a couple of people on Twitter this morning, he's the number two MVP candidate right now behind Steph Curry. I know people are going to say, "Well, see you because you're in Chicago. Are you show sure us a favoritism. I was just looking at this objectively, folks. DeMar DeRozan, and remember, he had his battle with COVID early. After he came back, he picked up right, right where he left up early in the season.
1: Yeah, and he, he's he had the really good sense, and like he said, like like we talked about when he first got in pro golf, he was just like, "Look, I was just bored." Like that was the only sense mm-hmm. he had. And, you know, he saved all his energy, and he was able to come back and you know, kind of like you said, picked up where where they left off. So I think that, look, I think the league is starting to notice the Bulls, and they're seeing that hey, this is actually a pretty good Bulls team. So I'm, I'm you know, I think this guy's the limit for them. Look, I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna sit there and say they're the best team in the East right now. I think they're definitely right there in the top three. But I think, you know, people are seeing that, oh, okay, this Bulls team is actually pretty good. You know, they play Orlando tonight. You know, the, the, Atlanta, those games in Orlando are always, you know, funky to me because, you know, weird things happen <laughs> in those games. I know that I know the the, the, uh, the overrunner was 14. I would stay away from that game. Orlando's got some pretty solid young players themselves. You know, Vons Wagner. Wagner, I should say. Wendell Carter Jr., of course, former Bull. <laughs> so, you know, I, I would... I would stay away from that game if you're a gambler, but should be a fun a fun matchup, though tonight. And look, they've got a pretty they've got a you know a pretty I don't want to say like easy schedule, but they kind of have like a light schedule this week. (laughs) After this, after tonight, they'll play again till Friday. So you know, try to win. They enjoy a couple of days off. You hopefully Billy Donald will be back by the weekend, and you know just yeah just just keep keep the train going.
0: If you have a question, a comment for us uh, about DeMar DeRosa. Do you think that he should be the number two candidate for MVP this season? You can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your answers in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina was most impressed with me about this whole team, and we said it all season long. Whoever's down and out due to injuries or due to COVID, what have you, other guys have stepped up. Remember, Alice Caruso was out. Lonzo Ball, as you mentioned, help is on the way. He'll be returning to tonight's game against Orlando and he'll be starting. So, and he's been uh, out for a while. So, uh, this Bulls team just uh, keep going, and <clears throat> and you have to be proud of this team. Now, reviewing their two wins over the weekend at Indiana at Washington. Now, I agreed with Jason Golf of NBC Sports Chicago of uh, the Bulls pre and post game Uh The Bulls were trailing the majority of their game against Washington. They got away with one against Washington. And they were trailing the majority of the game until uh, DeMar DeRosa decided to put an ending to that. The Indiana game, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the problem with Rita's ugly head uh, defense within uh, within the interior was their problem. Indiana had a bunch of offensive rebounds. And, you know, that's been a problem with the Bulls all season long. I know AK and Mark Eversley will be looking to address that uh, uh, on the uh, coming up on the trade deadline early next month. And so the Bulls, although they are good, I, I know they're number one in East. Can they keep it up? We'll see. But no team is perfect. Every team has its flaws, including the Chicago Bulls. But they must address uh, a big guy to bring some type of defense inside. Because even though in today's NBA, the game does slow down come playoff time.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be sort of like the number one thing for for us here. And, but and look, I, I've said before. I mean, like you said, I know that interior defense has been a bit conservative for you, Sid. And I think, hopefully, I'm sure AK and everybody will address it. You know, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. But I, I, look, I think I don't think you don't want to mess around too much. I think the chemistry is there with the team. I don't think you want to do too much to kind of jeopardize that. I mean, look, if you have to make a a, a switch, a, a switch, I should say. Then so be it. But I think for right now, I think you're you're doing just fine. Status quo now. Now, as for you know, the uh, if you look at the you know, the, the games in the cell, especially that Washington game, I actually was able to kind of look through that Washington game. I had like bowl games and other other stuff, you know, on the you know, on you know, going back and forth. So I, I didn't get really a really chance to get really intent into it. But you know, that Washington game, I mean, Kobe White had 20 points. I know you, I know you mentioned earlier, Bush had a double double, but mm-hmm. you know, also, too, you know, Washington, remember. Remember, they've kind of fallen back to her a little bit. Remember, Bradley Beal had his bout with COVID, so he's just he's just starting to kind of get back into it. Um, yeah, he,
0: Gaffer, had, he had 16 assists on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Kyle Kuzma had 29, which is a a, career, a a season high, I should say, for him. I know Daniel Gaffer, who has been playing very well, since being traded to the Wizards, he's looked really good. So, yeah, so it's definitely one of those things where I think you almost kind of, like it almost weirded its head, but the good news is that they were able to kind of get back into it and sort of like, you know, kind of, you know, get back into the swing of things. So that, that's a, that's a, that's really good. So like I said before, this Orlando game tonight, like I said before, it could, it could very well end up being a trap game for them, for the Bulls, I should say so. But, you know, but again, look, you know, you do with these type of games throughout the season. So it's not too, you know, you don't really like freak out too much. So, and, and look, you know, the, the Bulls look good right now. And the, the best thing you do is just, you know, hopefully they win the night and they can enjoy these next couple of days. Like I said before, I, you know, I think, you know, Caruso should be back, I said For Coach Donovan should be back from COVID protocols. So just try to win this game against the Magic. You can enjoy the rest of the week off.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, this could be a trap game for the Bulls tonight, but hopefully they can come out and take care of business and don't take on Orlando lightly. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a full house tonight at the United Center. The the city's behind them and rightfully so. So hopefully you can get this win tonight against Orlando before you play it again on Friday. Lakina, before we move on to the best and worst of the NBA from over the weekend, uh, looking at the Bulls schedule, Lakina, you know I've been focusing on that January 21st game between mm-hmm. the Bulls and the Bucks. Hopefully mm-hmm. uh, players for both teams will be healthy. I think that you'll get a real measure of where this Bulls team is at. But the week before, they'll have revenge on their minds on January 14 when Golden State comes here to play the Bulls at the UC. And that's going to be another uh, uh, test as well for this Bulls team.
1: Before we get to that, I want to say a shout out to Casey Johnson, who we've had on the show before he did a really good job, you know, pitching in for like the first quarter. Uh, apparently, there was some, you know, issues with uh, Adam Amin, who, who's usually the play-by-play for the goal, for the Bulls on uh, NBC Sports Chicago. I guess there were some, you know, issues with, you know, the testing and such. So that's why Casey Johnson had to jump in for a little bit. Stacey King's still at home, you know, you know, and you know, he's better, but he's still in, uh, he's still in quarantine. So they kind of had to, you know. He had to do the play-by-play thing. I think KC missed his call. He actually looked really, sounded really good against you know when you know for that play-by-playing that Pacers game. So yeah, but shout out to just I just want to get a slight shout out to him, you know, you know for you know stepping in you know in a very literally a short short notice. So but but you know, I mean, was able to come back. You know, any you know Adam actually was able to call that you know that game-winning shot against the Pacers. So it was actually actually ended up working out pretty well for him. Now as far as you know this. Schedule Bulls got coming up. I mean, they got look. They got a Friday game against Washington. You know, at the UC. I'm sure Bradley Beal and the Wizards will love to have revenge on their minds on that game. I'm sure Beal will not be in a very good move for that one. Brook. Right. They play Brooklyn next Wednesday. You know, that's 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 a, that's a late game, folks. It's a nine o'clock game on ESPN. Don't well, ask is, us why. Don't ask why. Don't ask us why. Don't, don't ask us well, why. That's,
0: that's that's why that's that's at the United Center, correct? Yes, sir. Because in the history of the of the Bulls in of course of the United Center, the, I remember a couple of playoff games were at eight thirty our time because of TNT. Mm-hmm. But why are you starting the game at nine o'clock at night in Chicago? That's just, ESPN dropped the in ball.
1: Even later in Brooklyn, that's ten o'clock their time. So. <laughs> that's just
0: so stupid, but I'll leave that <laughs> alone. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, yeah they, they play, you know, not, you know, that, you know, back to, you know, then they, of course that Golden State game you mentioned, Sid. And then they have, uh, let me go through. Oh, Boston. They got to go at Boston, assuming that Jason Taylor should be back from COVID protocols by then. Uh, and uh, that next Monday, I thought I saw it in here somewhere. They play Memphis. They got to go at, you know, at John, Mar- at at Memphis, where we'll have John Morant and company with the no, That's That's so. on
0: Martin Luther King Day. Yes, Correct. it is, and yeah, yep, mm-hmm.
1: yep. So you know they got a pretty tough schedule coming up. You know, if you can go like maybe you know if you can go three and two in that stretch, you'll feel pretty good if you're a Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, or four and one. I mean, I'm sure it might be a big stretch because they can play some pretty good teams, but if they can go three and three and two or or, or four and one in during that stretch, you, you'll you'll take it.
0: Yeah, you'll take it. So hopefully the Bulls can keep the winning. Street going tonight by going for nine in a row against the Atlanta Magic, and we'll see what happens with the now the new number one team in Eastern Conference. You listening to Second City Sports live in Eleven Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Lakina are here with you, talking NBA basketball. Lakina. the best and worst from the association from this past weekend. The Lakers have won the last couple of games in a row. LeBron James' a consecutive uh, scoring streak of thirty points or more was stopped last night as he scored 26 points in a 109-103 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves were without Car, Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell due to health and safety protocols. On Friday. last Friday against the Portland Trail Blazers, uh, LeBron James scored 40-plus points. Lakina, as we said before these last couple of weeks, LeBron James has to pick it up, but the re- his teammates are going to have to pick it up uh, around him. Malik Monk has done a great job. Carmelo Anthony is starting to get his shooting touch back, so... I like the way this Lakers team is playing right now. Russell Westbrook is not turning the ball over, not missing easy layups. <laughs> exactly. So, the uh, the Lakers, uh, as we said, with with all these teams, all these teams have had their flaws, but it looks like the Lakers are starting to turn around here.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, and I think if you're if you're the Lakers, you're a Lakers fans, I think you'll take it because you know, after everything that's happened, and and look, you know, and also too, like you said, you know, Westbrook, Westbrook Avery Bradley has stepped up. You know, those last couple yeah. of games, you know they really good last night against the T Wolves. I mean, look, I think switching LeBron to the you know to the point, I think, you know, might been a good thing. And you, look, you're gonna he's have he's been this-
0: playing center too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's been going back and forth there. So you know that definitely helped him. And you know, may- maybe they found something. Maybe they found a formula. We'll see what happens. They got they got a parade test schedule this week we we'll, we'll get to it in a second. But you know, they're they're 500 right now and they're 19 and 19 they're they're kind of like right at the cusp of the playing. I know. Look, a lot there's a lot of you know, like I said, we're all about a third through, about only, not even halfway through the season yet. So I think people need to kind of like slow down. But maybe they found their niche. You know, they looked really good against Portland on Friday on New Year's Eve. So, you know, maybe they, like I said, maybe they found their niche. Maybe they found their So kind of like their little their little formula to play with because is going to be out another couple of weeks at least. So you're going to mm-hmm. have to kind of hold down the front. Yeah, they, they have. You know, they've been playing pretty well, so we'll see if they can keep it up.
0: Also, too, uh, atop of the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns have won their last two games on the East Coast road trip. Uh, the, uh Well, actually, they split the last two games on the East Coast road trip. They defeated Charlotte mm-hmm. last night, 133-99. They lost on New Year's Eve at Boston. Yes. Lakina? I still say the Suns are a dangerous team. JaVale McGee, a former Laker, uh, he's been making a huge difference backing up DeAndre Aiden as far as the middle is concerned. Too bad he's not on the Bulls because he, yeah. he'll he be the perfect fit for the Chicago Bulls, but yeah. JaVale McGee's not going anywhere. He's going to help the Phoenix Suns. Is it, but uh, Chris Paul is still making a difference for that team. We talked about it on our last episode. Denver Booker's back. He's still on the scoring streak. Uh, this Phoenix Suns team, they may not get back to the finals, but they're going to cause some problems.
1: Yeah, and also shout out to Booker in, in that early, that 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 game, that, that, that first game he talked, that that second game he talked about, which is the first game from last week. He became the 70- of his player in NBA history to, to score 10,000 points. Joining guys like LeBron, KD, Kobe, Carmelo, T-Mac, and Giannis. So that's a pretty impressive list. He joins, and also he joins LeBron and KD as the only players with 10,000 points and 803 points made before the age of 26. So that's a pretty impressive list list there and i look i think the i think like like we've been saying the last few weeks with phoenix i mean when it wins that mm-hmm. 16 game uh, winning streak they're showing you that look we they may not make the files like you said but they're gonna definitely gonna be uh, an issue for somebody in the playoffs i mean you know so we'll give them a little bit of a, a break there and you know they looked okay against boston you can kind of tell that you know that this is the first of their you know they're finishing up a road trip their east coast road trip so they're they're in the middle of the East Coast road trip, so you know I think that might have played a part as well. They're playing very early in time, but and you know we'll we'll see what happens with the with Phoenix, but I think they may they may make some moves, you know, before the trade deadline. But they you know but they look they, it was a mixed bag for them this week. You know, another West Coast team that was a mixed bag. The Clippers, of course, now they're they're without Paul George for a few weeks. Of course, they're still without Kawhi,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know they lost you know a, a tough one at Toronto but they unexpectedly won against the Brooklyn Nets and probably one of the, probably one of the bigger surprises of the season so far. Again, you know, no, no PD, you know, Eric Bledsoe led the way with 27. Um, Terrence Mann had 19 and it was sort of one of those things where if you ask, you know, if you ask, you know, Katie's comments, he was not very pleased, you know, despite, you know, him having 28 and Harden, you know, leading mm-hmm. the way with 34 and a double double, you know, a triple-double, I should say. You had 13 assists and 12 rebounds, but it's sort of one of those things where you just, you, you know, weird things happen in the NBA sometimes, and I was the case in that game, that game on Saturday against the Clippers and the Nets.
0: And speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, breaking news from a couple of hours ago, Kyrie Irving will still be a part-time player for the Brooklyn Nets. He'll make his uh, regular season debut this coming Wednesday at Indiana against the Pacers-Lakina. Of course, Kyrie Irving would not be in, a, in the Nets uniform at the Nets' Uh, didn't have players in cover protocols and or injured. Uh, how do you expect Kyrie to, to play? Uh, how do you expect him to look uh, in these first uh, couple of games? As of right now, he's going to play road games only until the NYC vax vaccine mandate gets lifted. When will that be? We don't know. But as of right now, Kyrie Irwin would just be available for road games
1: yeah there's a new go a new a new mirror, I say now in Eric Adams he just got into office, you know right right like right at midnight midnight. yeah I right, saw that yeah <laughs> first yeah, he actually yeah, he did me a weed. He did the pledge and stuff, but you know, I don't think he's gonna lift it anytime soon, so he'll be waiting a while Kyrie i mean and and look, I look, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. I know he't will be able to play here because I know that they you know Chicago's adopted a very similar type of mandate, so that mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll again we'll see in a couple of games we'll see how it goes and if it if it kind of disrupts a lot of things you need you need cohesiveness so this this might be one of those things where you're like you may have no choice but to get a vaccine get vaccine i mean however you feel about the vaccines i mean that it's required in the in new york and other cities so you know however you feel about it look that that's that's how it is folks so mm-hmm. don't shoot the messenger, but. You know, we'll see what happens. But I, I kind of feel like this could get resolved pretty quickly after the All-Star break. I'm just – I'm not making any promises. I'm not I'm not a psychic, thankfully, but I'm just saying. But we'll see what happens. But uh, it'll be very interesting. I know there, people are going to be following Brooklyn a lot.
0: Yeah, you could be right on that. Like I said, we'll talk about that once we get closer to that. But I think Kyrie Irving is going to struggle a little bit because, like you said, the cohesiveness and the timing, that's very key to any – successful team and we all know that what Brooklyn is getting to now because of the COVID and injuries to the other players so so Kyrie I think it's going to be a mixed bag we'll we'll see what happens but I think it's going to be a mixed bag but I think he's going to benefit uh in the long run hope like you said hopefully things will get changed in time in time for the playoffs which I think they will but as of right now it's going to be a, a trial by fire
1: yeah, definitely uh, going to be on the base. It might be some pressure. I think, you know, I won't I want the, think they're going to try to twist uh, Mayor Adams's hand, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to encourage him, like, you know, maybe you should kind of lift it, lift the band, lift it maybe, or maybe like make some, you know, make some exceptions, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's way too complicated for us. You know, we're not doctors. Mm-hmm. We're not politicians. We're not going to try to play one here on this show, but we're not going to get into it. So, Okay, just a few minutes before we go to Brexit, let's go through uh, these this, these, this, these games for this week. We'll start with tonight's game. Speaking of Brooklyn, they host uh, Memphis, you know, John Morant and the Gangs, you know, with the Grizz. That's the first game of that NBA TV doubleheader. Um, of course, before that, you got Washington and Charlotte, hope, Washington hoping to bounce back from their loss to the Bulls. And mm-hmm. Philadelphia, who had a couple of big wins over the weekend, they play Houston.
0: Yeah, what's going on with the Rockets? Christian Wood. I forgot who else was the other knucklehead. they throwing stuff. Oh, they're yeah, throwing stuff at John Lucas, the assistant coach. Oh my!
1: Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr., who unfortunately has had a history of this. So, there's a Houston. We have a problem, folks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> As I used to say on our radio show, "How dumb can you be, be, be?" I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Continuing with our schedule for tonight's game, of course, the Magic at the Bulls at 7 o'clock from the United Center. The Pistons and the Bucks will do battle for Milwaukee. That's at 7 o'clock. Utah and New Orleans to take on the Pelicans at 7. The Jazz was trying to rebound from that heartbreaking loss against Golden State at home last Saturday. The Nuggets at the Mavericks uh, will, will do battle in, in Dallas at 7.30. The Mavericks have won their last two games, so hopefully yeah. Jason Kidd will uh, will build on this momentum. The Nuggets are currently two games over the 500 mark. The Miami Heat, who who lost to the Sacramento Kings on Sunday, they'll face the Warriors tonight. And that's the second game of the NBA TV doubleheader at 9 o'clock. And wrapping up tonight's schedule, Atlanta at Portland.
1: And Minnesota and the Clippers. Don't forget about that one. Also to our girl, Lana, it's probably. I remember she said she she took a nap right before <laughs> earlier this morning so she could stay up to watch that, that Golden State game. And I'm sure she was not... Very happy with that loss over the weekend. So hopefully Miami can bounce mm-hmm. back. All right, tomorrow's games—some good ones here again.
0: Tuesday,
1: Memphis yeah, Memphis and Cleveland. Oh, the Rubio's out, so Cleveland might fall back to earth a little. And they bit. just picked
0: up Rondo as well.
1: Yeah, you know, strange trade, you know, with you know Denzel. So <laughs> we'll see. Maybe he can kind of be that leader. Um. San Antonio and Toronto, they're they're finished up their uh, East Coast road trip. San Antonio is Indiana and New York. You know, the Knicks have kind of been up and down lately. Uh, Dezell Valentine, former Bull, who got traded from the Cavs to the Lakers, but then got traded to the Knicks. I don't think you're going to be seeing him. I don't think Tibbs is going to play him. (laughs) I'm just saying. The first game of the NBA TV doubleheader (laughs) at 630.
0: Oh, the – Phoenix Suns will about do better with the New Orleans Pelicans at seven o'clock. The back end of the NBA TV doubleheader to wrap up the Tuesday schedule will be the Sacramento Kings at the Los Angeles Lakers at nine thirty. So that's your schedule for Tuesday.
1: Update here, you know these are Wednesday's games. You got Detroit and Charlotte at six o'clock. You got Philadelphia and Orlando. That could be a trap game for the Sixers as well. Mm-hmm. Houston in their weird, uh, weird drama. They play Washington. San Antonio and Boston. That should be a good one, and Brooklyn, and in and, and Indiana.
0: That's Kyrie's yeah, debut.
1: Yeah, so you'll be you'll be, able, you'll, be see, you'll be seeing Kyrie in that in that game because Indiana doesn't have those type of you know ish, uh, protocols and such. So you will be seeing him in that game and the first game of the ESPN Dollar header, Golden State and Dallas at six thirty on ESPN.
0: And continuing with the Wednesday schedule, Toronto and Milwaukee at seven o'clock. OKC, the Thunder with Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves at 7. In the back end of the ESPN doubleheader for Wednesday, Utah at Denver at 9 o'clock. The Heat are at the Trailblazers at 9 o'clock, followed by the Hawks and the Kings.
1: Just want to give a quick shout-out to OKC guard Josh Giddey. He is the youngest player only 19 to lead the league in points, in points, rebounds, and assists. The only other player to do that as a teenager is Luca. He will see if he ends up winning uh, rookie of the year. You got to think he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse and now we'll see if he can keep it up. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the few bright spots for OKC. I think besides Chad getting Alexander, I think he's still in uh, protocols. So he should be. He, there's, he should be back for this this game on Wednesday against Min, Min, Minnesota, but we'll see. Uh, also the Miami Portland game. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jimmy Butler against you know, Dame Dollar. Jimmy Little. That should be a fun one, too. A little surprised that that game's not on, not on ESPN, but you know Utah and Denver that they're definitely deserving of that spot. But but anyway, on Thursday, you got the first game of the TNT doubleheader. They're the back TNT. on Thursdays. Yay! Yay! No, no, more NFL on, no more NFL to compete with on Thursday nights. Uh, but a good one here, you got Boston and New York. That should be a fun one. Uh, Detroit and Memphis at 7 o'clock.
0: The Warriors and the Pelicans will do battle at 7 o'clock. And then the back end of that doubleheader for TNT on Thursday at 9 o'clock will be the Los Angeles Clippers at the Phoenix Suns. And so that's your schedule for Thursday. So those are the games uh, for this week in the National Basketball Association.
1: All right. So we'll wrap up for our NBA talk for today. But again, we'll talk more about, it, of course, on Friday. Now, after this last break, we'll be talking college football playoffs. Oh, God. But other bowl <laughs> games actually but other bowl games actually were able to pick up the slack, so don't worry. And also, too, maybe some college hoops news with teams slowly starting to get back on track after you a know, while we're on pause, been on pause these last few weeks. And other stuff, too, I'm sure Sid will have some, maybe some sports media news with Sid will have you know, coming up. So we'll be wrapping things up here in a little bit, along with Sid on the Kansas and Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago, and we'll see you once again in a bit.
3: AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash, powered by the Score app, on 1330 and 95.9 Sports Zone, Chicago. The Chicago Bears dominated the New York Giants yesterday at home, 29 to three. Darnell Mooney seven catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Andy Dalton threw for 173 yards and that touchdown in the victory with the win the bears are now 6 and 10 on the season on the ice the chicago blackhawks were thumped in nashville 6 to 1 the final score that game on saturday as the blackhawks Dropped a second straight game. Chicago is back in action tomorrow at home when they play host to the Colorado Avalanche. In the NBA tonight, the Chicago Bulls are back home. They'll host the Orlando Magic. The Bulls are 24 and 10. Download the score app today, Lightning Fast Sports Alerts, so you never miss a thing. I'm John Thayer on 1330 and 959 Sports Zone, Chicago.
2: Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents does don't you just love the smell of old books ah. Shh. this is a library sorry ma'am we're looking for a book titled liberty mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need i don't think we carry that but check nonfiction. fiction ah. it really does devour literature please leave only pay for what you need liberty liberty
3: liberty liberty you've
2: been putting back a few and a few becomes a few too many for a moment you think of calling for a ride but
0: Welcome back to Second City Sports on the hashtag Bands Victory Monday, I guess. <laughs> Real live mm. in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See you, Lakina, with you. Last, wrapping up on uh, wrapping up today's show for Monday. We got less than a half hour left. Lakina, let's go to uh, college football. The, uh, which game do you want to discuss first? Uh, the national semifinal or the Rose Bowl? I'll let you take it from here. Well,
1: since the since it was actually a good game, I'll say though. Well, depending if you're if you were defensive if you're not a defensive person, then this was not the game for you, but uh, the Rose Bowl between Utah and Ohio State, Utah jumped into a, a pretty big lead early on. And look, I know that um Ohio State was losing, you know, missed out a lot missed out a lot of their guys because some guys you know, decided to mm-hmm. um opt out, which we'll get to that discussion in a second. That was a big discussion over the week over uh, the the weekend, I should say. But it actually ended a pretty, pretty good game. You know, look, I think Ohio State, the Ohio State defense, they you know, very young. I don't think a lot of like freshmen and sophomores. and But, you know, they were able to kind of slow down Utah and, you know, did what they could to, you know, to try and slow them down. And they did just that. Um, they had a couple of – stuff, again, Chris, o- Chris Olive, who was one of those players on the offensive side that decided to opt out, you know, you know, and like I said, understandably so. But Jackson Smith, Nigba, <laughs> and Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, he is the son of that Marvin Harrison, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Each had three touchdowns apiece. Also, to Smith Nigba had th- had 347 uh, receiving yards. That's the most for you know the that's among the most uh, for the Rose Bowl. You know, in a, in one game, also in one game in general. Um, you know, Utah, we, we talked about, you know, the, some of the, the tries that happened mm-hmm. during the season, they lost a couple of players, you know, back to back weeks. They were able to kind of pick things up and they you know, won the Pac-12 uh, championship and got to the Rolls Bowl, played a very good game, but, you know, Ohio state, you know, 14 point comeback is the third largest in Rose Bowl history. You know, Jackson Smith's uh, Nipa's performance was a, the best in that time for the most, you know, in that, you know, that bowl game, you know, again, it wasn't the best game <laughs> defensive wise, mm-hmm. But they did just not to win it, uh, and also to uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. His dad actually did not have a have a three receiving uh t- did have three receiving touchdowns in a game when he was at Syracuse. He did it like think like nine times when he was in the pros. Marvin Harrison Jr. has already done it in the Rolls Bowl too. He, I think he's only got a sophomore, I think, or freshman or a sophomore. So you'll be seeing more of him next season. Also Jackson as well. So you know things looking up for for Ohio State. Even though they didn't have the best start, but they did pretty well. They finished it up.
0: So yeah, they. Yeah, they ended their season with the eleven and two mark. C.J. Stroud was thirty-seven and forty-six with five hundred seventy-three yards and six touchdowns. Uh, Jackson Smith had fifteen catches for three hundred forty-seven yards and three big touchdowns. You mentioned, Lakina, offense was the name of the game for Ohio State. Utah did their best to keep up, they just couldn't get that critical turnover when they needed
1: it. Right. And they, yeah, they, and, they, and they did. They did. They did earlier in the, you know, they forced some fumbles. They had a, one of them had an interception, but unfortunately they, they at late, you know, when they really needed it, they couldn't get it. So, and Ohio State was able to, you know, their young defensive unit was able to kind of, you know, got, when they got into a rhythm, like I said, a lot of these guys had not started this year <laughs> because, you know, of course, you know, the guys that, you know, they, that, that pulled out, but, you know, look, I think that's what you need to do. If you're, if you're a team like Ohio State, you did what you could to try to, you know, pick up the slack, and they did just that.
0: Any other ball game surprise you on New Year's Day?
1: No, I just want to give a shout out to Oklahoma State with one of their biggest comebacks. You know, 17 points in the Fiesta Bowl. They scored 23 unanswered. Of course, you know, Notre Dame got a, a garbage touchdown late, but that, you know, they were able to kind of recover there, you know, the, the onside kick that Oklahoma State did. And did just stuff. Michael Rodriguez, who you're going to be seeing a lot, you're going to be hearing his name a lot, you know, during the Combines and stuff. Let they'll you know, let them uh let the cowboys with eight. He's an all American two linebacker, so you guys are gonna be hearing that name a lot. Like I said, um, uh, Spencer Sanders, you know, four touchdowns. He had a fumble that that got Notre Dame back in it, kind of, you know. But you know, they were able to the, the defense was able to kind of pick up the slack there. You know, he uh, uh threw for three hundred and seventy one yards and rushed for hundred and twenty five. And you'll see him. He'll you'll, he'll only get better. He's only a sophomore, so he's gonna get better and better. He'll be back next year. And like I know some guys, from Notre Dame, some of their top guys, you know, opted out, but they had a big lead. They're now 0 eight in uh, New near sixth slash BCS bowl. So, uh, yay, Mike Gundy! Oh, this is, he, he Michael he even said this was this was probably the biggest win in his career, probably the biggest win. It says he is Oklahoma State, Brad. He he Oklahoma State grad, so he's won a couple of bowl games, big bowl games. Hmm. But but you know he said that this was probably the biggest you know for for the Cowboys in his in their history. So.
0: I'm a man, I'm fifty. <laughs> Not be doing a game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can say that now. Um, Baylor had a nice, you know, nice performance at the Sugar Bowl. Matt Carell uh, you know, twisted his ankle, so he wasn't able to play that. I think that that could have been a lot worse. Um, but you know, Baylor had their best showing in a bowl game, you know, in a sugar bowl, I should say. And like this, like, this is our first uh, sugar bowl uh game in like over fifty years, and it you gotta give, you know, props to that coaching staff of Baylor, because they, you know, after everything that happened in that program a few years back with Art Bryles and everything else, but David Aranda has come in from LSU. He was actually, remember, he was one of the top quarters from LSU, came in, has turned that program around really quick. The guys are buying in. It could be a favorite next year in the Big 12, especially when Oklahoma and Texas leave in a couple of years. Yeah, But uh, that was a nice showing. But then Kentucky had a, a good showing, too, a nice comebacker against Iowa. In the uh, is that the citrus? I want to make sure I got my look at my Bulls. it was a, you know, our, our girl is a who is an Ohio, Ohio Iowa grad. You know, was not very happy with this result, but you know, they they Maya this... Kai of, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, the Maya of Sports Yeah, yeah, I don't think they were
1: very happy with the with the result of that game with Kentucky coming back to win. But you know, they were they were up, you know, late, but then Kentucky you know, was able to you know go down went down the field and they were able to score the game win a touchdown late in the, in the in the final second, So that ended up being a nice. When they're also Arkansas, you know, being Penn State, I know a lot of, you know, again, Penn State was not some of their guys, but, you know, the Outback Bowl, but Arkansas looked really good in their bowl, bowl win. Clemson looked really good in their bowl. So, you know, look, I, like like we were saying, you know, there have been a lot of cancel- bowl cancellations. So if any game, any bowl game that gets played, you know, is a win. So, they were, mm-hmm. so, you know, but, you know, what I think these bowl games are good, you know, and now we can get back to the, the also uh, Central Michigan, shout out to them, you know, they got their first bowl when uh, holding off Washington State in the Sun Bowl, which, which is weird because they're actually supposed to be been playing in Arizona, <laughs> but their opponent had to pull out because of the COVID protocols. this, State lost their opponent, you know, Texas AM and due to COVID protocols. So they ended up, you know, play, they were in the region, so why not let's play each other? And look, you know, it the, the Chippewas took a full advantage and you know was able to pull off the minor upset in the Sun Bowl. Now we can talk about the the, the playoffs.
0: Yeah, the bad and the ugly. Uh, of course, last Friday on New Year's Eve, uh, the first game of the Cotton Bowl Classic in Dallas, Texas, it was number one Alabama dominating the number four rake. Cincinnati Bearcats, 27-6. Bryce Young for Alabama, 17-28, 181 yards and three touchdowns. Of course, Brian Robinson Jr., 26 carries for 204 yards for Alabama. And the stud right receiver, uh, JaCore Brooks, four catches, 66 yards in a touchdown. Like Hina, I wasn't disappointed by the final score. I thought Cincinnati would at least score one touchdown. They kept it mm-hmm. close for a half, of, perhaps even first half of the third quarter, but Ala- Alabama – uh, did the things they had to do to close that game out down the stretch.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You thought that maybe since he was kind of like, you know, they had opportunities, you know, they had a couple of interceptions. They thought, okay, you know, maybe, maybe they can make a move here. They didn't. And I think that was also too inexperienced, I believe. So, so, you know, they weren't able to capitalize on that when you thought that maybe they were kind of, you know, maybe, maybe they would kind of get into it, but, you know, they couldn't. And like I said, you know, Bryce Young, three touchdowns you know brian robinson jr who had to wait his turn i think he's a senior now he's a junior or a senior now i think you know naja Naja harris of course you know last year and such so he was not you know didn't really see the field too much you know because of all the depth there but the good news is is that you know he was able to kind of capitalize 204 yards but i think it's got to be a record in the cotton Bowl, um you know or, or right up there record wise so you know they looked really good and yeah, we're going to get a rematch of Alabama versus Georgia. Yay! Woo-dee.
0: And speaking of Georgia, uh, in the Capital One Orange Bowl, Georgia dominated Michigan 34-11. Mr. Bennett for Georgia. Stenson Bennett, 20-30 for 313 yards and three touchdowns. Zamir White for the Bulldogs had 12 carries for 54 yards and Mr. James Cook for Georgia had four catches 112 yards and a touchdown. I saw your tweets on Friday Lakina I did turn to him for about 2 minutes. Michigan, did someone tell you that the game started? <laughs> they did not show up.
1: Well, I think Georgia wanted to prove to folks that yes folks we were in this game, we deserve to be in it. You know, they they sacked a uh, K. McNamara. I was more four disappointed
0: times. in this one, good grief. Yeah. I know, thought for- Georgia would win, but like Michigan I thought they would give it better effort, this just didn't happen.
1: It just really it didn't really happen and and then you know they were kind of just out man like i said the defense you know sacked their quarterbacks you know they, they brought in j.j mccarthy you know in for michigan but that he he did what he could you know he scored a touchdown but you know it was just it was kind of too little too late after that but you know four sacks for that that um that georgia defense you know, of course you know led that led, led by jordan davis who also to Nolan Smith, who had one of those sacks and uh, led the team in you know eight tackles, five solo tackles, and we'll 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 try to get somebody on if not not Friday, definitely on Monday. You have know, the preview the national championship game. Yippee! He's so. <laughs> you get Georgia, Alabama part three. Yay. But you know, you saw what happened a few years ago. You know, Georgia had that big lead now and it was a lost to Alabama in, in overtime. Then you had, you know, Alabama just mulling Georgia and SEC championship game. So, We'll see what happens, you know. Next Monday, you know, like like I said before, we'll have we'll talk about it. We'll try to maybe get somebody on to talk about it. But I'm I'm like, oh, goody, yay, Georgia, and Alabama, yippee!
0: Yeah, right. Nick Saban, a career ninety-two record against the Bulldogs. We'll see what happens there. You're listening to Second City Sports Live in Eleven Color for a Monday First Show of twenty twenty-two, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown Lakina. Before we get to our, uh. Big story to close out the show. You have some college basketball nuggets. All right, am I finally going to get to watch some games because I couldn't get to watch any games that I wanted? Right. they have <laughs> been canceled, postponed. I'm just yeah.
1: yeah, I've been kind of keeping my eye on it. You know, um, not not much change in the top. You know, Baylor is one, Duke is two. I mean, you know, Duke is ha- Duke is still like they're on pause because they've been having various COVID issues. Um, you know tonight's game, you got Wisconsin and Purdue on the Big Ten Network. I mean, at six o'clock. You know, so if you want, to, guys want to check that out, you can. I know. I know Purdue's been, you know, just come out of a COVID uh, uh, pause, so they're back. I know Wisconsin has had some of their struggles too. Maryland and Iowa. Also, that's the second half of that doubleheader. If you know Washington and 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 Arizona, Washington Washington has had their issues with COVID protocols too. I think this is just their, their second game back. Off of protocol, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, there have been a lot of, like you said, there have been a lot of postponements due to, like you said, you know, COVID and also two cancellations and such. I know uh, Xavier and Georgetown was looking, looking forward to that game, but Georgetown is now having COVID issues. So that game has been postponed. Um, if you want to, if tomorrow, you know, Porter Moser and his Oklahoma Sooners travel to Waco to play Baylor. Remember, it's 6 o'clock, so it's an early start time on ESPN, too. So, if you guys want to check that out, you can. Kentucky LSU on ESPN. You know, that should be a fun one on, you know, tomorrow. Let's see here. A couple other games. I know Seton Hall, I know they're just kind of getting back to the groove as well through COVID. They play Butler. Um, You know, can, you know Kansas and Oklahoma State, you know, that's going like to have that ESPN 2 doubleheader. also. Uh, Providence and Marquette—that's an FS1 game. So there's definitely, yeah. So mm-hmm. slowly, I know folks have said, well, I know that you know, Israelia said, well, you know what? Uh, we'll still play the tournament as scheduled, both the men's and the women's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get back to them in about a month because I'm sure there's going to be, especially once these students get back on campus, there's going to be a yes. lot of issues. So get back to them in about a month. So there's going to definitely gonna be some pushback. I know I heard um, David Kaplan and Jonathan say, well, you know they can play three and seven games. They're young. That that doesn't make a difference. You know, they say, oh, well, they've had a timeout. No, that's like, if you're in a rhythm, gri- especially if you've had COVID, if you're in a rhythm, it's going to take you a couple of games to kind of get back into it. So you may have to postpone, the, have to move the uh, the tournament back a couple of weeks. I know they don't want to do that because it's double-A, but you'll probably mm-hmm. make more money and you will probably better off postponing it than having these teams sort of like, you know, you know, kind of like dragging themselves and then playing these games. So I don't want to hear that, well, they're young, they can handle it. No, they can't. Don't do that. Stop it know, then I was got to go on a rant. This or I know the Pauls been having issues. I know they lost a couple of games in a row in the in conference play because they just getting back into it too. I'm not, I'm not getting up, up on this yet. Our buddy Dave Credible from WBBM Radio doesn't want us to, so I'm gonna for his sake. I'm gonna not, I'm gonna do my favor and not give up give up on them just yet. But you know, cut these guys some slack, okay.
0: Yeah, we talked about it before, about a month or so ago, if you don't have enough games to play enough to qualify to play in the NCAA tournament, will they make special rules or will they push it back a week or two? So, like you said, about another month or so, when those uh, conference tournaments start, we'll see what happens.
1: Also, I actually do, I actually do want to give a, a shout out to the Missouri uh, women's um, hoops team. They upset um, Don Staley South Carolina game clocks last week. Now, they've been shorthanded, too, because of covid and you know you know you know covid you know they were shorthanded they lost a couple of players they didn't go on pause they still had enough bodies you know shout out to rob robin prington prington and the rest of the, uh, the lady tigers you know they were able to you know hold you know pull off the big upset there so you know despite them being shorthanded so good for them
0: yeah congratulations to them you're listening to second city sports right here on sports on chicago we're live, live in the living color say lakina here with you lakina I want to end today's show with this story, courtesy of our good friends at Awful Announcing. New Jersey Mayor reveals Harold Reynolds is talking to MLB officials about a game at historic Negro League Stadium,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Hinchcliffe a Stadium in Paterson, New Jersey, could be the first site, could be the site of an MLB game if Harold Reynolds had it his way. Continuing, excuse me. With the success of this year's Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and the Yankees, it's not surprising for Major League Baseball to look at other unique sites to have, regu- to have a regular season game. If MLB Network analyst Harold Reynolds had it his way, the next special game would take place at one of the few prominent Negro League stadiums that is still standing. Reynolds already expressed his desire to have the game at Hinchcliffe Stadium in Paterson, New Jersey, around the time of the Field of Dreams game. But now things seem to be getting more serious as Patterson Mayor Andre Saye if I pronounce it correctly, revealed in a social media video that he and realms are talking to MLB officials about possibly having a game at Hinchcliffe Stadium. H- Hinchcliffe Stadium is the middle of a $94 million renovation project for the stadium and the surrounding area. Designated as a historic land park, Hinchcliffe Stadium has been closed and abandoned for more than two decades and was recently profiled in the Peacock Series Lost Speedways due to the, its use of a racetrack in the first half of the t- 20th century. For baseball, the New York Black Yankees and the New York Cubans played in Patterson is a Negro League stadium that hasn't been demolished. And that's why people like Winters feel like it's important to have an MLB game there. Sure, renovations will need to be complete before a game can be played there. But if there's a game in Hinchcliffe, it will be a great opportunity for people to learn about the Negro Leagues and its important contribution to modern-day baseball. Lakina, assuming that the renovations get done on time, especially during this era of COVID, this is a slam dunk for baseball.
1: Yeah. Andre Savig, who's the mayor, like you said, the mayor of New York, New York, and, and look, I, <clears throat> and I, and look I, I feel like, I think I know Harold Reynolds has been, has been pushing this, you know, last couple of years. Now they have, they have their own issues. MLB does, you know, get your labor, get your labor thing happening. So well, before we even talk about doing something like this, I mean, this would be great. I mean, you know, look, Negro, Negro leagues, you know, unfortunately are just now getting their due and, you know, with you know, with baseball, and you know, of course, you know Jackie Robinson Day, and also to like, some of the teams you know who have had you know, of course, the Kansas City Monarchs, among others, New York Black Yankees. So, you know, this is a this is a really nice um, concept that they're, they're trying to make. So, if they can do it, you know, you're not going to be able to duplicate the Field of Dreams game. You know, that great moment between the, the White Sox and the Yankees last summer. You're not going to be able to do that. So, it's for other avenues. You're going to need more people to come in you know, and perhaps maybe do this in Patterson, New Jersey, which was one of the first Negro league teams to form. So again, we'll see, but like I said before, you're not going to be able to do anything unless you get your labor strife, you know, settled, mm-hmm. you're not gonna be able to do anything. And unfortunately there are no talks right now between the labor and uh, the owners. So that's a whole nother issue. But you know, again, it's probably, it, will, it probably will not be till next year. If, you know, if, Mm-hmm. and when this does get finalized and this does happen but get your you know get your get your uh your 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 house in order first with the MLB and the players union before you even talk about something like this
0: yeah I'm not surprised that MLB. will uh, I saw that headline this morning as well uh, that uh, there's no schedule talk soon but if they want the season to start on time they'll have to schedule means at least toward the end of this month or the beginning of next month because you're you're getting close to spring training. You know, players they don't want, even though they don't get paid, to the start of the season. Uh spring training is important to every baseball team. You build camaraderie, you, you build daily habits, and you get into a routine. If that's missing, uh, there's going to be a problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And look, like I said, I like look. Like I I know Harold Ron, I know I've heard him on MLB, MLB Network say that he's been kind of pushing for this, you know, for a while now. And look, El you know, Pass New Jersey, like I said, is a really good spot for it. But again, like I said, I mean, you're not gonna be able to do anything or settle anything until you get your your house in order with your labor agreements,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, for spring training starts in about six weeks. It's supposed yep. to start in six weeks, so yeah, of right now. Get your house, yeah, if you, you know, unless you get your house together, all this stuff that you you want to do and try to do, is gonna be moved. You're gonna have to push everything back. So figure it out.
0: You're listening to Second City Sports on the hashtag Bears Victory Monday. I guess we're live in Eleven Color right here on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina here with you, uh, Lakina, We have a couple minutes left before we close up shop, shop for today. Any final thoughts?
1: Well, ESPN has just posted something really cool about the. It'll be 20 years since the um, 2001 Miami uh, football team won their last well, their most recent national championship, and they actually go inside the locker room. They actually have a pretty cool, like, interactive, you know, way of some of the various players have told stories about some of the stuff they did in the locker room and, you know, and also, too, when they when they renovated their locker room and some of the things that they did. So, you know, it's a really – it's pretty cool. You know, they actually – you get kind of like a sort of a, a bird's-eye view of it, you know, with the locker room. And also, too, with them, you know, probably one of the best teams in college football history, 38 NFL draft picks. They've had like three, I think they've had like two or three guys that have gone to the Hall of Fame already. and Andre, Andre Joseph Verbal will end up being the third. We'll get to that over we'll that in a second if we got time. But it's pretty cool. So if you get a chance to see it, you know, look at it, you know, take a look at it, you know, go right it, go ahead. You know, I think it's gonna be up there all day on the ESPN uh, website. So make sure you guys check that out and you know, just catch up on some uh co- you know, some college hoops, you know. Finally, there's some games that are kind of finally back on track. It seems like I said before, a yeah. lot of programs that you know are coming back. You know from COVID, I know Illinois, I know Illinois. You know is just coming back from their their own pause. They've had issues too, so you know things are starting to slowly get back to normal and, you know, some other things, and we'll, we'll see. And also, to the, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced their finalists.
0: Oh, good. We didn't get to talk about it because I think it came out after it we went off the air. So, yeah, that'll be the last uh, thing we talk about, very close-up shot. I think Devin Hester's a slam dunk for the Hall of Fame, maybe a couple others. But well, you read off the list, and I'll let you know which ones they'll slam dunks.
1: Well, what are you looking forward to while I bring that list
0: up? Uh, hopefully you can catch up on some college basketball. Of course, the Bulls tonight against the Magic. I know they'll be off for the next three days after tonight. But uh, it's nice watching this Bulls team right now, the way they play, especially defensively. And it's a very exciting brand of basketball to watch. Of course, I'm looking forward to Wednesday's game, the Nets at the Indiana Pacers. Of course, that's Kyrie Irving's uh, regular season debut. We'll see how long he plays, how long head coach Steve Nash will let him go. Will he start or will he bring him off the bench? We shall see.
1: Going to be Should be a very interesting, um, and, and I'm sure there's people are going to be following that, a lot. Now, I have the list right here of the 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame. You got Jared Allen, of course, you know, former defensive end for the Chiefs, Vikings, Bears, and Panthers. Willie Anderson, who was an offensive tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals, also to the 08 Ravens. Rondé Barber, who's the, you know, secondary guy for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, as part of the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay in 06. 02. Oh, two, I should say. Sorry about that. Uh, Tony Buscelli, who was the old tackle. I'm surprised he's on it all, all right For Same eight. here. Yeah, he, he, that the should Jags, be a slam dunk. The Jags and the Texans. Of course, he played it on I.R. Lord Butler from the Packers. Of course, safety. He gave the Bears fix. Of course, the aforementioned Devin Hester, the kick return specialist, your wide receiver. Tory Holt, part of that great show turf wide receiver for the Rams. He should be Rams. a slam dunk, too. And the Jags. Andre Johnson, of course, you know, wide receiver, of course, you know, from the U. You know, play for Houston, Indy, and Tech, and Tennessee. Sam Mills, who played in the mid-80s to early 90s for the Saints, and also to the Panthers. We're just seeing more part of those, you know, Super Bowl uh, teams in New England. Also, He also played for the Oakland Raiders. Zach Thomas, who should be in, by the way, I'm surprised he's not. He should be a slam dunk. Of course, play for the Dolphins, of course, and only play for the Cowboys. DeMarcus were a play for the Cowboys and uh, the Broncos. Reggie Wayne, you know, played for the uh, the Colts, was part of that 06 Super Bowl winner. Of course, they beat the Bears. Uh, Patrick Willis, of course, played for the 49ers, linebacker, also Bryant Young, who played in the early 90s you know, to the uh, mid-2000s for the 49ers, defense and and defensive tackle. So, who, they're going to pick five from this list, and it's actually going to be, you know, whittled down even further. So, uh, who on this list do you think
0: should get in. I said Hester for sure, Torrey Holt, Zach Thomas, Sam Mills, who I'm surprised is not in there already. He should be in there. I remember him uh, with the New Orleans Saints back in the day. It was him, Pat Swilling. Uh, those also some great defenses back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I know he's passed away, but for those of mm-hmm. you that missed the Football Life uh, uh, episode on Sam Mills, you could uh, go yeah. online and check it out. That was a very good episode. So you got to not just learn about him as they play, but learn more about him as a person. So very check that out.
1: Yeah, very, uh, very emotional. That's that was I, I actually was able to check that out, too, uh, about like a couple of years back, you know, just to,
3: mm-hmm.
1: what we would came, you know, came from where I was able to, able to hit at the top and just, you know, his tragic death is just it just it's still mm-hmm. kind of, you know, kind of bums me out that he's not with us still. But look, I've said this to a friend of mine as for this, you know, I think maybe Zach Thomas should already be in. I don't know why he's not. I, I don't get it, but again, you know whatever. Same with Tony Baselli and Bas Baselli too. Maybe Reggie, maybe Reggie Wayne. Well, like I said before, I think unless Dan Pope is gonna uh, vouch for Hester, I don't think Hester will have to wait. I think Hester will have to wait another year. That's just my feeling. You know, I'm I'm not just you know I'm not just saying that to to, to be you know quandary. I'm just saying that look you know you know how you know how the Hall of Fame feels about you know kick returners and, and special teams guys. I'm just saying. But I think those three, all of those three I mentioned is really anybody's guess. I mean, I'm sure I think Jared Allen may have to wait a couple more years. Maybe Willie Anderson. I'm surprised Rondae Brabant, who actually didn't even make the finalist list last year. The fact that he made it this year, I think there's going to be a, definitely some lobby for him to get in. LaRoy Butler, I think he may have to wait a couple years. Torrey Holtz, you know, you got Kurt Warner and uh, Marshall Falk and Isaac Bruce are already in. So, you know, could he be another guy from that you know great show on turf for the Saint, for the Rams? Could he get in? Sure. Andre Johnson, you know how people feel about wide receivers. The late Sam Mills, ma- ma- he might get in, maybe. Um, Richard Seymour, part of those, of course, on New England teams. Patrick Willis, do you think he played long enough to be, con- you know, I know he had a really great seven years, but he only played seven years. Could it be like the Terrell Davis thing where, yeah, he didn't Probably. play too, too long, but his impact was just, you know, it's just impeccable. So does he get in because of that? Maybe. Bri- Brian Young, I mean, played 13 seasons for San Fran. He you know, was part of that great defense, you know, those great defensive teams for the 49ers. I mean, does he get in? I, I, I don't, like I said before, it's really anybody's guess at this point for some of these names, but we'll see what happens. They'll, they'll have the first, the final, uh, the, you know, they'll have the list will come up right before the Super Bowl that that during the NFL Honors uh, presentation in a few weeks. So we'll, All right.
0: yeah, we'll see what happens. And like you say, the, those uh, finalists will be named during Super Bowl week. In the National Football League, LaQuina has been, it's been another great show. Our first show of 2022, uh, great job. Uh, we talked a lot about the Bulls, the NFL, and so I, I feel that it's going to be another great year for us here on Sports on Chicago. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your support, and we, we need your support going forward. So, like, comment, share, and subscribe uh, to Sports on Chicago, and. We'll give you all the other nuggets and tippets in just a minute. So thank you very much for arriving with us as we kick off 2022.
1: Absolutely. And with that said, you can follow me, Akina McGee, on the Twitter and Akina Scrum McGee on the IG.
0: You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, idkida 80 S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download the Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anger. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
0: For Lakina, I'm Sid. This is has this has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We'll catch you on Friday uh, to preview the Bulls and the Wizards, and we'll preview Week 18 in the National Football League.
1: Lots of games and lots of things to still be decided. So make sure you guys check it out with us. All right, so stay warm out there, folks. I know it's been snowing; it's been cold in a lot of places out east, especially here in the Midwest. So, but please bundle up, wash your hands, you know, wear a mask. And just be good to each other for a sit on the Candace of the Second City Sports on so Chicago. And we'll see you. And again, you know, we're, we're back at it Friday.
0: Till Friday. Holla!